opportunities to us. So we, I mean, we can listen. I'm sure they, they might join us along the line and we, we, we need to have to take them on board at some point. Uh, flight the agenda, Penosipo. Yes, Chair. Chair. Mm. Yes. Um, I just received a message from Honorable Tseki on Honorable Stry that they will be finalizing their meeting in human settlement and uh, um, as soon as possible they will join us. Okay. Okay, that will be better. All right. Uh, the agenda. Um, We're asking for an agenda. I thought you have joined NUM and AMQ on strike. I'm here, Chapel. It's not reflecting. The agenda is reflecting. Yes. Is, is it, why, why, why do I not see the uh, agenda? When, uh, it's reflecting, Chair. Why am I not going I don't understand this. Okay, if if it is, I I move from a premise of uh, assuming. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh, now I understand where I'm feeling. Thank you very much. The meeting is duly opened, and you are all welcomed. Um. We had a meeting yesterday, so we, we without necessarily wanting to call it a continuation, but it is a, part of the meetings we are supposed to have. I know this is a special meeting. We called it because we are pressed for time. Because the items we are talking about is going to be passed on the 10th of May. Therefore, if we have not spoken to them, the 10th of May might come and we will not have spoken to them. We have got the responsibility, um, uh, party whips and party leaders, that uh, we must try to work our time, our 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 preparation for this thing with the with the department, that we meet our time frame without being pressurized by the the outcomes of this the, the system. Uh, all the time we have been struggling since we came in here. That we do get reports pressurizingly on the basis of the the dictates of of parliamentary sittings, and I think we need to correct that issue. Um, with that in mind, we um, uh, I must I must have to pass condolences. Yesterday, I missed to. I thought I will um, wish speedy recovery uh, by um, former member Gadi who was the former uh, uh, 
Secretary General of the EFF. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I left the meeting before it, it get closed when I was supposed to do that. I was going to be late, by the way, because uh, I was still going to wish them to speedy recovery of their, of their beautiful daughter. Unfortunately, uh, later during that day, yesterday, she was found. Uh, um, I, I, and I don't want, to, I know that it has not been declared as murder, but uh, looking, listening at the circumstances and everything else, I think she was murdered. Um, we really need to put our condolences and, uh, and prayers to the Gadi family and the EFF as an organization. Um, um, the, we know that the, 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 the SG of the party is now an advocate helping society. So our condolences, our real condolences to them. Um, we must be worried. We must be worried some a bit, uh, colleagues, that uh, our stats on COVID is consistently growing back to the system where we need to be worried about. Though death is a little bit small. But at some point, we're at 6,000, 7,000 uh, in terms of the COVID uh, uh, positiveness. We really need to be worried about. Um, th thank you very much. Um, can we observe a moment of silence for mediation and prayer? Thank you very much. Apologies, Piwa. Um, there are apologies, Chairperson. Mr. Basson is in China to work on a by-election. Um, Deputy Minister Mr. Mashlobo is in Modimule attending the Capricorn strategic planning session. Oh, DG Mr. Phillips has another urgent commitment to attend to. So you won't be part of the meeting also. That is all, Chairperson. Chairperson, okay. if I may. Mm. Chairperson, if I may. Uh, the, you minister is, uh, the, the minister will also not be able to attend due to other commitments. Okay. No, no, no. I think yes, the, Chairperson, yes, this is Ms. Lusenga. I'm representing the DG. Thank you. Uh, uh, this is uh, Minister Mkunu. I'm, I'm, I'm on at the moment. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Chairperson, I had received a message from the office of the minister that he will not be able to attend. My apology. No, no. Listen to the to the to the registration of the minister. He is on at the moment, so he's telling us that at some point he might leave us. Um, uh, then your apology will become effective at that time. So you are, you are not misleading us. We are not misleading us. Very Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, not um, um, uh, um, 
Um, Mr. Peterson, I think you you represent the DA. Uh, you must uh, tell uh, uh, Honorable Basson that we will meet there in White 96. Uh, me and him were at, at war there in that by-election. Okay. Is there anyone who's struggling to speak? Yeah. Okay. Briefing by the entities undertaking work on on behalf of the Department of Water and Sanitation on the appropriation by appropriated budgets and annual performance plan for 22-23 financial year. And the first one, I'm told it's going to be Bria de Horis, but let me hear the minister. Maybe you might want to change the chronology for whatever reasons, but we are in your, we are in your hands. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair and members of the Portfolio Committee. Morning to TM Makazi. And uh, I want to take this opportunity and greet all the agencies that are here. Prayer uh, Hoitz and Inkumati Usudu Catchment Management Agency and then Transcalidon. And I hope all the relevant uh, people who are to present here are there. Uh, Chair, just to take this opportunity that uh, we have had quite uh, lively interactions with Pierre Hoitz, and uh, we will be looking forward to their uh, plan uh, for this year, part of which we had an opportunity to discuss and uh, uh, understand, and uh, I would uh, <clears throat> be looking forward to look at uh, the implementation thereof. Uh, Usutu Catchment Management Agency. Um, we still have to have an engagement uh, for this year. We've had, we haven't had an opportunity, uh, except with them as individuals on different reports. And Transcaledon, we often in, interact uh, on a number of issues and challenges. Um, all of them <clears throat> should be in a position. Uh, to outline to the portfolio committee in accordance with uh, our uh, discussions and plans, especially for projects uh, that uh, they are responsible for. And therefore, without much ado, uh, thank you very much, Chair. Um, I, I, we won't change the format. Uh, let it flow as it is. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mama, because there's something that you, you will speak later because the, the Minister of the have not spoken unless there is something new, very important you want to say. No, no, Chairperson. Uh, uh, let's proceed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, let's follow the, the procedure. It is now hurried, isn't it? Yes, it is, Chairperson. Okay. Let's hear you. Good morning. Good morning, Chairperson, uh, Honorable Minister Kunu, and the Honorable Members um, who are here this morning to hear the annual uh, performance, uh, rather the annual performance plan for the Briere de Horitz Catchment Management Agency. 
I am Bongani Munisi, the chairperson of the agency. And with me this morning, I have uh, the acting CEO of Mr. Jan van Staden, who will be taking us through the presentation. And I have also, just before the presentation starts, I also have the uh, chief financial officer, uh, Mrs. Zanele Mgoma. Um, as well as the uh, acting senior manager, water resource management, uh, Ms. Uh, uh, Prudence Mashaba. So we would be able to take questions and you know facilitate comments when we're done, Chairperson. But I think also maybe to interest you, Chairperson, and the members of the portfolio committee is the current project that is taking place the greater Brantley project. You'll understand that um, the uh, decentralization of water management, particularly water resource management, is to ensure that um, the, the, the people's lives are improved. And we do believe that the completion of this project, which is to raise the feeder canal to the Brantley Dam, will certainly um, you know increase uh, you know access to uh, job creation in the area as well as growing um, you know or rather the facilitation of economic growth in the area and this will be done uh, by the mere fact that the increase uh, by just a mere 30 meters of this wall will allow um, an increase of about 33 million cubic meters that will flow into into the dam, um, and this amounts to um, you know fifteen percent of uh, irrigation yield in, in in activities in that area. So we're very excited about this Jefferson. and I thought I should just you know uh, share these news with you um, as we as we are about to start with the presentation. And if you will, chair, I will just uh, call our acting CEO, Mr. Van Staden to lead us in the presentation at this time. Thank you very much and good morning. Yeah, I think we should, Mabamukunu. Abanbagamnesi generally buying costs in Alekaya, Sherry Boundary, it's not in costs, they're mopulaning. A commands, Malababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababab
And we are established in terms of the National Water Act, and we do water resource management. And to do water resource management, you need to run around in the area to solve the problems of, of people and industries and municipalities. So just quickly, our, our vision and mission, quality water for all forever. That's why everything that, that we are doing in the agency. And our mission is to uh, manage water resource responsibly through continuous engagement with all stakeholders and devolve decision-making to the lowest level for the benefit of all water users in the Breda Gouders water management area, including the environment. So, so, uh, so, so what we essentially do, we harness the, the skills and the knowledge and the goodwill of people living in our catchment to manage water resources in a responsible way. And that responsible way is also to look what is best for the environment, the ecology of our rivers. So, so we've got a couple of strategic focus areas in the agency, water resource planning, water use management. Mr. Van Staden, can you please put it on presentation, presentation mode just for uh, clarity, yeah. just to make it bigger slightly for, for our members. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Manisi. So the focus areas of the Breda Gouda CMI, water resource planning, water use management, institutional and stakeholder relations, water allocation reform, water resource protection, strategic support, management and governance. So the, so the first one, let's start with water resource planning. This is a, this is a essential and a critical function of a water resource management institution. So here we look at, in terms of legislation in the country, a CMA needs to comment on all activities that are linked to, to the change in land use. So, so this is a daily activity of the CMA, and, and our target here is to always respond to 90% of all the applications that we receive. And this is especially important in, in, in the era of, of floods and droughts. I mean, a proper planning and input can ensure that, especially when it comes to the settlements of communities, the building of towns, neighborhoods, etc., that uh, these type of developments are staying outside the flat lines, that is a danger area to, to the lives of people. Then the, the core business of the agency is water use management. So the first one is that we want to, to register all authorized water use. So this registration of water use is in two ways very important. Is uh, number one, you so you, you can get a good feeling of what water is used in the area and what is still available for future applications. And of course, also our total income base as an agency is directly linked to the registrations of water use, because when a water user is registered, automatically that water user will receive an invoice based on the water registration. The next one is the number and sign and finalized validation, verification, confirmation confirmation letters captured. So, so here, when we do the project of water verification, that information that we captured from the water user, it must be captured on the system and then automatically become part of the database and the water users that are authorized 
are in paying for that, for that water use. The same for the general authorizations. And here is one of our core businesses that, that keeps us busy all the time, especially what was mentioned by the chair, Mr. Bongani Manisi, regarding this availability of water in the Greater Brandfresh Scheme, a government scheme. And the function of the Breda-Gouder-Siemer is actually on the EULA system, is to receive applications and process applications and then make a recommendation to, to the department for approval or not. So here we work strictly according to the regulation. So we say that the licenses must be recommended as per regulation and our target is 85% of, of all license applications must be uh, recommended within the specific timeframes. That is, that is quite a tall order. And behind this function, there are sitting a lot of professional people and, and water use application assessors. Then uh, the next one is a general authorization is linked to the approval of water use. This is like a general approval that is given by, by the state for certain types of water use. And, and the process is because already approved, you only need to confirm it on a system, the state now. And, and, and our target is whenever somebody or an institution is applying for this confirmation, that we do it 100% all of the time. And then the whole matter of, of when, when a, a water user is authorized now, it's important to look at compliance of the conditions linked to that authorization. That's a continual process. And we plan for this current year to do 80 of these uh, water compliance uh, reports and inspections. And, and also important to note when somebody is not complying to a water use authorization, then the next steps can follow. And that can be like administrative rectification or even uh, uh, criminal procedures. I want to continue with uh, the focus area of water use management. The, 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 the big, uh, the topical issue in many parts of the country is, is the current uh, quality of final effluent coming from, especially from municipal uh, treatment works. And we emphasize that and we do compliance. And by doing that, we ensure that uh, the municipalities, for example, they stay within the, within the prescribed water quality for the final effluent. And our target is, is, is four for this current year. And for the previous year, it was also four. Then this whole big project we're busy that they call the VNV, but it's actually the confirmation of water use that happened in, in the qualifying period in terms of the act. That is now the period 1996 to 1998. So that is quite a, a complex and involved process. And our target is to do uh, 200 a year, also for the current year. And over the five-year period, we, we plan to do 1,000. Strategic focus area number three, institutional and stakeholder relations. So uh, the, the Breda-Gouder CMI depend very much on the input and, the, and assistance of all the people living in our water management area. So it's within our interest to, to raise awareness 
especially among school children and also other stakeholders in general. Because it's only by, by raising capacity, creating more awareness that you at the end of the day can win in water resources management. So if everybody is aware not to pollute water, not to litter, et cetera, et cetera, at the end of the day, you will, you will, you will, you will get the results from, from these type of activities. So for a CMI, this activity of empowering our stakeholders is cardinal in our operations. Then the next one is number of intergovernmental cooperation initiatives to facilitate and enhance water resource management. A CMI, nobody can do water resource management alone in the area. There is just not sufficient capacity, either skilled people or resources. So it's only in the interest and, and at the end of the day, logical that all government institutions working in the area, you, we combine uh, our skills and resources to get a, a better water resource management picture at the end of the day. Then we put in here newsletters. We bring out the quarterly newsletters that we distribute to all our stakeholders. So the newsletter is also part of awareness, capacity building, and just to tell people in general what is happening regarding water resource management inside the operational area of the Breda Gouded CMI. If I can continue with the strategic focus area, institutional and stakeholder relations, we, we, we also brought in as an organization uh, uh, activity that we call community-funded projects. So, so what we do on a community level, we fund, for example, uh, community gardens, storage tanks, Etc. that help on a very low uh, social level to bring awareness in water resource management, either by better irrigation practice, etc. And, and that is quite successful. And we can see the benefit on our local people wherever we fund these type of projects. So what we say our target here is for if it's funded and there is an application for it, we're going to fund 100% of that. Then the next one is the whole, is the whole matter of, of forums in catchments that are talking about water resources management. This is again the thing that whenever you establish a forum to do water resources management, you bring more capacity, more ears, more eyes into water resource management. And it's a great assistance to the Breda Gouded CMI. Without the forums and the input of local people, you cannot do water resources management. So, so our target is here, there, there are already 40 in place and, and we keep on supporting and wherever possible that 40 to keep them active in the area. The strategic focus area number four, water allocation reform. A CMI, especially the Breda Gouded CMI, is established to, to, to bring about a better dispensation regarding the allocation of water. And here, what we focus on is uh, to make the whole process, the technical process, administrative process, as easy as possible, to provide so much assistance as possible 
to to emerging farmers, for example. So it's quite it's quite easy to access water and also the system to get access to the water. Then we also um, we also run a project where we install rainwater harvesting tank, and these are uh, it's linked to like also small gardening, small type of farming, and our target is four hundred for the year. And, and I can also say that this one, uh, we also see the visible results. The board did visit in the past some of these projects, and you can really see it's making a, a huge difference on, on ground level. In the next one is the water resource protection, strategic focus area number five. And here the outcome is all about good water quality and legal water use. But to determine that, you need to know what is the what is the base, what is the quality of the water in our water resources. So we sample a lot of of, of rivers, uh, groundwater resources, etc. So the number of of points for this coming year is eighty. Then um, the next one is the number of river rehabilitation projects funded and technically supported. This. Um, this one is actually all to do with, with the removal of alien invasive vegetation next to, next to our rivers in the riparian areas, because this is, according to available information, a huge threat on our water resources. If these type of vegetation just continue to grow, at the end of the day, you will get a reduced flow and you will impact other water users or they will not be water available to allocate or to use by water users. And, and here also we work together with other organizations in, in our area to make a difference when it comes to the management of alien vegetation. So we've got three projects and, and, and that is the target for the current year. And the last one on this point is, is the whole thing about uh, non-compliant case investigated. This one is this one is all to do with uh, pollution. Say, for example, there's a there's a, a oil spill or a truck a tanker spill or a sewage pump station overflowing, etc. Then normally uh, people can report it. And our target here is to we look each one that is reported to this office and we do investigate and we give and we do give a, a outcome answer to the people that initially laid a complaint. Come move to strategic focus area number six. The whole thing about strategic support, I mean, here is uh, is complying to the legislation, and I can highlight this: uh, the tariffs, the water resource management charges for the for the next year or the year thereafter. There is normally a big uh, a consultation process that the CMI must follow. So we do roadshows all over the area, also by means of emails and the internet to get comments on, on the proposed tariff for the next year. And, and we call that, after you summarize all the information, that is a, a tariff report that we submit to the Department of Water and Sanitation, and that department are using that again for when the minister decide what the tariffs must be for the next year. If I continue with strategic focus area number six, 
I want to highlight the whole matter of percentage of targeted procurement budget spent on triple B EE. I mean, we 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 totally support that, and and our budget and and the money we spent is a clear evidence of that. And then uh, water resource management charges. That is our income. Uh, a big part of our income is coming from water resource management charges. And the rest of the income, uh, of course, is coming from the Department of Water and Sanitation, that is so-called the so-called augmentation grant. So we we put a, a very high figure here. We are always planning to collect seventy-five percent or more of the water charges that are due. So so far we are quite successful. Our our payment rate is in the order of seventy-five percent, and the endeavor is always to. To move that figure up to eventually moving closer to 100%. In our post on organogram, so for all the for all the approved posts on organogram, we want to fall 75% of the post. We are currently uh, 71 officials, and we're working from two two offices: the one in Worcester and the other office in George. And as the funding become available, we're always uh, trying to appoint more people because you actually need more skills and and more hands on deck to do proper water resource management in the area of the Breda Gouda Chiamai. The next one is management and government governance. I just want to mention here the whole thing about the shareholder compacts. So so there's an agreement between the the, the board of the BGCMI and the minister, what the CMI will do for the next year. And, and, and it's called the shareholder compact. So that must be done every year. It's a it's a it's a requirement. And and the target is one because it can only be one agreement for the year. And then just on this page largely, number of, of agreements signed. So here is, is to raise the profile of the Breda Gourad CMI. Here we sign agreements, for example, with our other water entity in the area, the water services entity, with the name of Oakburg Water, or, for example, with the South African National Botanical Institute, where it comes to, uh, I mean, additional funding that can help us in the process, for example, to bring more uh, management, especially to the to the invasive vegetation next to our water resources. Uh, Chairperson, can you allow me to hand over now to the CFO of the Breda Gourad CMI, please? Thank you, Yanni. Uh, good morning to the honorable members and also to my colleagues. Uh, I don't have to introduce myself. The chairperson of the board already introduced me. Uh, can you go to the next slide, Yanni? Okay. The proposed budget for the 2022-23, we've targeted an amount of 82 million, which shows an increase of 7 million compared to the prior year, 21-22. Uh, one will ask what attributes an increase? Uh, in terms of employee-related cost, you will see that we've increased from 51 million to 55 million that we've budgeted for the, an appointment of the CO, 
because Yani is acting. And also we've budgeted for, for the other water-related vacancy position to capacitate that unit in order to improve service delivery. Also the increase you will see under goods and services, an increase of 3 million. That one is include an operational cost as well as the project that the agency will embark on on the 22-23 financial year. And also you will see an increase on the repairs and maintenance, as well as on the capital outlay for furniture and equipment. Uh, thank you, Yanni. Uh, in terms of the employer-related costs, this one is showing an, a percentage increase by classification, this slide. In terms of the employer-related cost, there's an increase of 7.7%. As I've already uh, mentioned, what causes the increase? Uh, in terms of goods and services, there's an increase of 11.85. Repairs and maintenance, an increase of 24.76. Capital outlay, 27.14%. Board-related cost, 5.6%. That gives us an increase overall of 9.18%. Uh, when you look at the last uh, column, which is percentage per item, our employer-related cost is taking off 67% of the total budget. One will ask why such a, a percentage goes to the employer-related cost. Because the BGSMA is a service-oriented organization. We give service to the communities, which in this case to our water users. We don't owe any infrastructure. We give advice to water-related issues. We check the compliance. We manage water resources. We manage water use, as Yanni already explained, under our objectives. So that is why the employer-related cost is taking 67% of the total budget because we're a service-oriented organization. Goods and services uh, is taking about 30% of that. I've already explained that under goods and services is operational cost as well as the, the project. I'll explain the uh, projects that will embark on, on the next following slides. Repairs and maintenance is taking 0.32% of the total budget. Capital outlay, 1.5% of the total budget. Board-related cost, 1.16% of the total budget. So as I already mentioned that the budget increase is 9.18 compared to the prior year. Thank you. Next slide, Yanni. Okay, source of funding. Where are we going to get the 82 million? The 82 million, we will get it from the augmentation, from the water resource charges, as Yanni explained already, the process for tariffs, and also the interest received and the other income. The augmentation from the department, we will get about 4.1 million. If you can notice, it has decreased compared to last financial year. Last financial year, it was 4.6. So now the department confirmed that they will give us only 40 million. Uh, water resource charges, 
That 33 million, as Yanni already explained, that we target to collect 77% of the water registered volumes. So the 77% amounts to 33 million uh, that we'll collect from the water users, which is our 77%. Interest received from the late payment as well as from the bank charges, I mean, from the bank or the amount that we are having in a bank amounts to 3 million. And then we budgeted for 3 million. For the other income, we've budgeted 4.7. The other income is made out of the amount some of the, our users are still paying to the department. Uh, remember, we've inherited the billing and, and invoicing function from the department. So some of the users are still paying there. So we've entered into an agreement with the department that we must invoice them for those use, for those users, and then they will pay us back, which it happened last financial year. The department is paying us back for all the users who pay still who are still paying directly to their account. So that other income we budgeted for that hoping that as time goes, all the users will pay directly to us, but you know a change is not easy for the people to accept. Okay, next slide, Yana. Okay, uh, this budget is based on the zero-based budget. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on that the goods and services include of all our projects. All the projects are included in goods and services items, which is river rehabilitation, rainwater harvesting tank, and social upliftment. So out of the 82 million, the total budget for these are 8 million. 8 million that we've budgeted for the project. We've also have got a, a rollover of 3 million. So which means for the 22-23 financial year, all our project will amount to 11 million out of the total budget. Source of funding, 49% of the PGCMA budget will be funded from the augmentation from the department. This amount includes the transfer of water to the Borg Oliphant. The uh, city of Cape Town is extracting water from our dam, from our water management area, and they are built by the department. The department is also paying us that amount back. The department is collecting the water charges on behalf of the agency in agreement that the department will transfer back the money to the agency, which is the city of Cape Town in this case. 40% will be funded through direct billing and collection of water resource charges. And then interest received from the bank balance and the late payment is estimated at 3.72 and other income at 7%. Next slide, Diana. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. That's all from my side. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Okay. That's the end of our presentation. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Minister, is there anything you want to say before we engage? Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, it, it, it's just to say that uh, in the main, with this uh, agency, we are looking at uh, expanding their service. 
um, uh, throughout the Western Cape. And I think for uh, very well assessed uh, reasons, uh, that's our main project from our side as a ministry. But uh, of course, we are working with them. And on their side, they have to keep uh, uh, good governance uh, and including uh, appointments uh, to fill up vacancies and so on. But I think we are general on course and we are in synergy uh, with uh, their plans uh, as presented. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Um, maybe let's let's get a second presentation before we, we engage each one of them because if we do that, we might run out of time. <coughs> Uh, please take note. Yeah, please take note, members. Uh, we will engage them once. The second entity is Nasipo. It is Inkomati Usutu Chepesun. Nina Begunan. Nina Thanks very much. Greetings to. The committee, Honorable Minister, Babumkunu, Yem Makazi, and colleagues. Thank you very much, Chairperson, uh, for the opportunity given to us to present our 22-23 ATP. Chairperson, I'm accompanied by two of my fellow board members, Ms. Siobhan Wiggins. Ms. Wiggins is our Deputy Chairperson and Dr. Tava Kelly, who is our chairperson of the executive committee of the board. <laughs> and with your permission, chairperson, uh, may I introduce our new CEO, Mr. Laki Mohalaba, uh, to the committee. Mr. Mohalaba started working with us in February this year. Uh, he will be doing the presentation of the APP to the committee today. But before I hand over to the CEO and uh, his team uh, to do the presentation, I would like just to give a few highlights. One is the water resource pollution in our catchment. We've got this problem of water pollution and the main polluters of our water resource are the municipality waste uh, water treatment plants. In our view, the waste water treatment plants are operated at a capacity beyond their initial design. And most of them are dysfunctional and uh, uh, too old uh, to be properly uh, maintained. Maybe a uh, person is advisable to invest in building new water, wastewater uh, treatment plants to cater for the increasing uh, uses uh, demand. Uh, we know we are we don't have budget, but uh, taking advantage of the new technology in uh, designing uh, uh, wastewater treatment plants, maybe that will help. The second highlight that I want to make, uh, Chairperson, is the budget shortfall. This year, Chairperson, is not a good year for us in terms of budget allocation. We have a budget shortfall of 29%, uh, which translates to about 50 million. And uh, we have tried all we could uh, to cut our expenditure to the bone. 
but it's still very difficult uh, uh, for us to fund critical projects. The last one, uh, Chairperson, the highlight that I would like to make is the delays in the implementation of the dam construction project along the Crocodile River. It's been forthcoming for a long time. The Crocodile River flow, uh, flow is put under a stress uh, during uh, uh, drought season, and the water users, users get affected uh, in the process. Jefferson, allow me to give to uh, the CEO to do the presentation of our APP for this year. CEO. CEO, are you muted? Let's just with your permission. Let me just give them a call. Okay. If they take time, Chair, we could suggest that uh, we call TCTA. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that because uh, they are all, they're still they're all going to come and present in the way. Thank you, Chairperson, uh, Board uh, Chair, and uh, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, we apologize for experiencing technical glitches from our site but we are sharing the presentation quickly. Uh, we wish to acknowledge the chairperson of the portfolio committee, as well as the members of the portfolio committee, uh, the minister, uh, deputy ministers, and members of uh, uh, the executive from the department. Uh, who, 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 who is this? Is that, is that the... P for the 20... Oh, sorry, CEO. Chairperson, that's our new CEO, uh, uh, Mr. Lucky Mohalawa. We oh, do okay. provide the presentation outline, uh, which details the issues that we wish to present to the portfolio committee today. <laughs> Uh, the, 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 the entity is established in terms of Section 78 of the National Water Act, and primarily our mandate uh, revolves around the protection, uh, conservation, and management of, of the water uh, resources at localized area. And um, uh, for us, it's important to just indicate that there are quite a number of areas which deal with this aspect, uh, particularly around the um, entity ensuring that the water users are supported uh, through various activities, uh, including ensuring that the communities out there uh, are aware of their responsibilities, including issues around the efficient use of the water resource. Um, our old mandate also includes the ensuring that there is equable access uh, to the allocation of the water resource as outlined in the National Water Act.
we are quite uh, aware that there's quite a lot of expectations, Chairperson, in relation to issues around stakeholder engagement. And I think uh, yesterday when the minister was providing his input, we also share the same vision uh, by our shareholder that uh, the involvement of stakeholders in the work that you do is quite important. And in this instance, uh, we've taken on a huge drive uh, from the month of January up until uh, now, where we are engaging extensively with all our stakeholders, uh, particularly the district municipalities, as well as the local municipalities in our water management area, to see to what extent can we uh, play a role in the work that they do, uh, the water uh, services uh, delivery area. Uh, but I think the chairperson has already indicated on issues around the capacity of the municipalities when it comes to water service delivery issues. And I think that the work that we have done up to so far really is beginning to show impact in the kind of infrastructure that we want to see in the various municipalities. Uh, going forward, uh, we will be signing an OMOU as an organization uh, with uh, the provincial COCTA. Uh, we've met with the HOD of COCTA. Uh, we should be signing an OMOU with the department in the next uh, two weeks just for us to cement our relationship and to say we are here as an organization and this is the work that we do. We really want to support the various municipalities within our water management area. Certainly, uh, the work that we also do also involves the uh, services of uh, ESCOM in terms of the strategic use of the water within the province, as well as Secunda in, uh, in the Mpumalanga province. Equally important, uh, the transbound international obligations so with Mozambique and Eswatini serves as a key imperative in the work that we do as there's water that is transferred from South Africa to both Eswatini and uh, Mozambique. We also are supporting the forestry and the mining industry uh, to ensure that they are able then to improve and contribute to the economic driver of the province. We are reflecting, Chairperson, uh, uh, some of the key uh, legislative imperatives and sections uh, which we are complying with, uh, particularly when it comes to issues around the management of emergency water resource pollution incidents. And this is uh, managed by uh, Section 20 of the National Water Act and other important elements of the work that we do largely uh, to the protection of the resource, uh, including uh, some key functions that relates to uh, contraventions of the users, uh, which may pollute the resource from time to time. Our vision uh, is clear, uh, Chair, in terms of ensuring that we want to make sure that the uh, uh, there is sufficient and equitable, 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 and quality water resource in the life of the uh, uh, citizens within our water management area. And our mission is clear, and as well as our values that we stand by as an organization. As Ella indicated, uh, a chairperson, uh, we are operating within uh, three district municipalities, being Nkangala, 
as well as Khart Sabande district municipalities. And we do share with the committee members uh, the operating area, which is the map that we're sharing with the committee. Equally important is uh, a description of the map uh, where we do reflect the uh, transboundary responsibilities and obligations from our side that relates to the water that is uh, leaving our shores into the two countries. In addition to the work that we do, uh, Chair, uh, we operate uh, uh, four main rivers, which is the uh, Crocodile, uh, uh, Sabi, uh, Sand, uh, Osutu, as well as the Nkomati, both looking at areas around uh, uh, quality as well as uh, quantity. Uh, we also manage the Quena and Dinyaka dams in the crocodile and sabi systems, uh, respectively. Uh, it's important also to indicate, Chair, that uh, other dams are being managed by the irrigation boards uh, within our operating environment. Uh, the issues that we've reflected, reflected on regarding the transboundary nature of our responsibilities uh, are also uh, dealt with in this light. Uh, of equal importance is also the issues around the support that we provide to the forestry industry as well as the uh, irrigation-based agriculture, which forms the largest user of the water uh, resource, which in the main also supports uh, ecotourism as uh, the main economic driver within the province as well as our water management area. We wish also to indicate to the portfolio committee uh, key systems that we use within the organization, uh, which uh, in the main uh, seek to support the work that we do. Uh, systems which includes the data system, which does provide an early warning on issues and risk related to droughts and floods and issues around pollution. We're all quality, uh, excited to have the hydronet system uh, within uh, the organization which really is assisting us to monitor issues around uh, climate change uh, as well as uh, water allocations patterns uh, and this is uh, real-time information that uh, we use for us to make uh, key decisions in addition to the uh, sum of the information that will go to our partners in Eswatini as well as uh, Mozambique. We provide the structure uh, of the organization, uh, Chairperson, and we must indicate that the, all the executive uh, uh, position had been filled uh, until there was a resignation, I think, in the last uh, month of uh, April, uh, where we lost uh, Dr. Jen Molwandua, who went to the Water Research uh, Commission. I think with the guidance of the board, we should be, at the earliest possible time, uh, fill the position of executive water resource management. When it comes to our outcomes, uh, we've got four main outcomes uh, within the organization. And um, this is as a result of the uh, robust engagements within the executive, as well as a presentation of the outcomes to the board for approval and submission to the minister. Uh, 
And one of the key outcomes in, is in relation to our increased stakeholder satisfaction. We must report, Chair, that uh, the board meeting, which was convened last week, actually approved the uh, stakeholder engagement framework, which seeks then to provide a foundation of uh, 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 the work that we want to do in relation to the strengthening of our relationships with our stakeholders. The second one relates to uh, our capacity uh, to ensure that we've got uh, skilled human resources within the organization. And this largely deals with issues around training and bringing more skilled personnel within the organization to support the business imperatives. Thirdly, on issues around uh, financial sustainability, and those are matters which we're also concerned about. And I think uh, certainly yesterday, our director general was very emphatic around the issues of the entity being financial sustainable. But in our case, we do pay specific focus on to what extent are we financially sustainable as an organization. I think the financial information that we'll be presenting in the latter slides does provide some information in respect of this outcome. The fourth outcome is in terms of the protected water resource, both in terms of quality and quantity, which in the main is uh, our mandate as an organization. Um, what we indicate in the slide chair is the outcomes as well as the programs, uh, as well as the output, uh, as well as the output indicators. And this is also in line with the TPSA, uh, TPSA framework uh, that provides um, uh, 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 the programs and how should uh, these programs be structured. But in the main, we do indicate in terms of the specific outcomes and the programs to what extent do we want to see some of the issues being implemented in the organization, particularly when it relates to issues around the financial sustainability of the organization, on issues that in the main relates to uh, cost control within the organization. Uh, in the current financial year, we have been very robust in ensuring that due to the limited financial resources that we face as an organization, we approve the cost containment measures that we are currently implementing to ensure that the working capital that we have uh, is actually aligned to uh, 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 the expectations and we are in a position to better manage the cost within the organization. A critical aspect also relates to ensuring that there's revenue enhancement within the organization. The executive is currently looking at uh, uh, other options of ensuring that there is uh, other revenue streams uh, given the limited uh, budget uh, that we have in the, in the form of the augmentation that we receive from the department, as well as uh, on revenue, uh, which is derived from... Uh, the water resource uh, uh, charges. Uh, we want also to emphasize, uh, Chair, the implementation of the vision of the minister in this regard and the president uh, when it comes to the water use authorization and ensuring that we continue to support our mother department in ensuring that we meet the 90-day period for the water use authorization. And that is a matter that going forward, given the right financial resources, the organization is going to making sure that we put the right resources in terms of personnel, in terms of the skills that we want to put in place to ensure that this area uh, is uh, uh, 
strengthened uh, going forward, including issues that relates to either regulatory uh, compliance uh, when it comes to issues of pollution, because as the chairperson has indicated, uh, this province faces a mammoth task of dealing with issues around pollution of uh, the resource. So the outcomes of our programs is really in line with uh, uh, the um, directives as issued by DPME. We further amplify the some of the key risks that the organization um, is facing that we certainly want to continue to manage. And there's about four key risks which we have identified given the outcomes that uh, we have uh, presented. And key amongst those really deals with issues around the reputational risk as an organization. And this in the main uh, will be the core of our operations from issues around compliance, ensuring that there is uh, strengthening of governance within the organizations, ensuring that we efficiently utilize the financial resources, but also looking at to what extent are we able to maintain our positive uh, audit outcomes that we've been able to achieve in the last couple of years. We also want to better manage and look at the deadline, the water security, and that is uh, will be informed by a number of programs and projects that the organization is going to be implementing to ensure that uh, certainly the water resource in terms of uh, in terms of uh, quality and quantity those are matters that uh, going forward together working with our partners uh, we are going to be managing uh, very, very closely. In this instance, at the board meeting, which was held last week, the board approved that we should go out on a consultation process to look at how best to, are we able to implement the strategy that deals with uh, the quality of the resource. ICT issues to support business are quite important, as well as issues around the unsustainable financial resources. So in the main, those are the four key risks that we have identified. And in the next slide, we do indicate uh, some of the mitigating actions that we want to put in place. And key amongst those is to, and we're quite excited that the department has uh, nominated the ISUMA to be part of the pilot project uh, to look at the issues around the waste discharge charge and were part of the steering committee that is participating in this regard. And we want to look at uh, issues of the uh, implementation of that process, uh, because the user must actually uh, pay for the pollution of the resource. We also want to look at issues around the implementation of the uh, water use efficiency and water mix. And this in the main looks at a number of issues, including our capacity in terms of research capabilities around uh, groundwater utilization. The data that we have so far, Chairperson, does reflect that some of the areas that we are uh, responsible for are water stressed. Uh, some of them uh, have a large amount of uh, groundwater, particularly in the Hart Sibanda district uh, area. And we do, in our interaction with those municipalities and other partners and in industry, do. Uh, 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 emphasize about around the promotion and usage of groundwater as an alternative uh, a source. Uh, so there is quite a number of mitigation plans that we have uh, uh, planned for. The specifics around the APP 
target for the 2022-23 financial year are in line with the outputs as uh, indicated earlier. Uh, we also want to ensure that we focus largely on our stakeholders and the framework that the board has approved will guide us and we're going to use that framework as a foundation of how we deal with our stakeholders. And uh, we're quite excited that uh, so far, the stakeholders that we've engaged with extensively in uh, the month of uh, January to March have really uh, given us some impetus on how we should move going forward with uh, the plans as led by the board. We're also looking at uh, interacting with a number of uh, institutions in the province. We've already met with the University of Mpumalanga. There's quite a number of projects that we are implementing with them so that we increase the body of knowledge around research capacity within the water space uh, in the province. On the financial side, we want to make sure that all our employees remain safe in terms of uh, disabling injury frequency rate and those that uh, go to the field we want to make sure that they remain safe and we want to target a less than one in terms of the FIR. Um, the working ratio, we're also looking at uh, less than or equals uh, 80%. And this is in the main <clears throat> for us to look at how best then are we able to manage our financial resources limited as they are. Uh, the current ratio, uh, of course, there are challenges. We want to ensure that it's uh, more than or equals to one. Uh, this will ensure that we're able then to, as an organization, uh, are able to pay our debts on time and issues around uh, the going concern of the organization is maintained uh, going forward. It's not the best in terms of uh, what we want to project going forward, but uh, with the kind of innovations that we want to have as an organization, including issues of uh, ensuring that there is uh, other revenue streams that we want to identify going forward. Uh, we hope that going forward in the outer years, this might change to be a more positive one. Uh, Chairperson, we've got uh, two targets in terms of the debt collection ratio. One is in relation to the toxic book. Uh, we must indicate that uh, the target in this instance is about 4%. And in our revised APP, which we've submitted to the mother department, uh, this was revised to about 4%, given the history of the uh, toxic debt that we um, inherited from the department uh, with a request for us to pursue these uh, debtors. Um, and the 4% is largely informed by some challenges relating to uh, uh, the non-availability of some uh, documents that uh, may support the claim. So in this instance, the target is about 4%. The healthy book, uh, we're targeting about 60% of that. This largely in the main relates to the uh, current customers that we have within our books and we want to ensure that uh, we increase the percentage uh, of collection uh, going forward. The main reason I think for us to have a 60% uh, target for the dot collection ratio for the healthy book is that we are in a process of cleansing our data as an organization. Uh, some of the letters and invoices that are being sent 
uh, letters which are returning from the customers and the validation process uh, vnv that is currently underway uh, should be able to assist us in the outer years to increase the percentage around uh, collection we also want to ensure that the level of compliance around uh, resource quality objectives are met and uh, going forward we have said to the customers and our municipalities and industry that uh, we are going to be really implementing the law to the latter including ensuring that uh, there is uh, consequences uh, around the um, the legislation uh, where polluters continue to pollute the resource without any uh, consequences so we want to ensure that we uh, increase our level of uh, monitoring in this regard our level of uh, obligations uh, in terms of international obligations to both countries we want to make sure that is more than uh, or equal to 90% uh, to our partners in the two countries to be able to secure the quota that has been uh, provided to uh, these two countries as per the tripartite agreements we also wish to ensure that the uh, the authorizations are processed within the regulated time uh, and this is a matter that we will not dare to compromise on to meet the expectations of the state president we also want to ensure that we uh, monitor the activities for compliance and the target in this instance being the 90 percent uh, we have increased this target uh, to really, really uh, say to our uh, stakeholders, uh, the compliance issues are quite important and we are going to be also implementing the resolutions of the summit that the minister recently convened and to look at how best are we able to manage these issues going forward uh, and to achieve the required uh, outcomes and targets that we have set uh, for ourselves, including a 100% record of enforcement, uh, which is taken against uh, non-compliant uh, facilities or, or users. There is a couple of uh, transformation initiatives that we are uh, implementing. Uh, and uh, for the 2022-23 financial year, we wish to spend about 60% of the triple PE. Uh, that is an amount that is allocated to that category. And in terms of rents and cents, we're looking at about 29.3 million for goods and services. This also includes uh, our attitude around increasing that value, particularly in the areas of uh, the technical areas. Uh, but also in addition to that, we want to, in the current financial year, ensure that we offer mentoring or to identify the, uh, developing uh, uh, entrepreneurs and service providers and conducting of seminars to key partners within the uh, water management area. Indeed, we continue to look at our CSI programs uh, as well as empowerment, both internal and externally including the issues around the capacity buildings around uh, HDIs where we do assist uh, in this regard. The financial outlook uh, chair, um, I think in the main, what we are reflecting in uh, the, uh, the colored area is that for a 
current financial year, there is a budget of about 147 million that uh, we are looking at uh, as an agency. And the segregation of that amount is actually an amount of about 89 million, which is the augmentation from the uh, parliamentary grant and is given to us by the department, which then constitute about 60% of the uh, budget. And in terms of the uh, uh, charges that we uh, charge, we are looking at about uh, 55 million, which is constituting about 38% of uh, the total budget and the other amounts, uh, it's about uh, three, which is interest received uh, from uh, from 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 some of these amounts uh, so in the main chairperson uh, we do take cognizance that uh, uh, the larger chunk of our budget is actually from the department and going forward we've undertaken to our board that uh, we wish that the picture should change um, um, and begin to, as an organization, look at other innovative uh, solutions to change this uh, uh, picture. Um, and there's a couple of ideas that uh, the executive and uh, is looking at uh, and soon to be presented uh, to the board. The uh, segregation uh, chairperson in terms of the descriptions uh, of the 147 million uh, is in terms of the uh, total wages and salaries, which is about 96, uh, and all the other uh, cost drivers uh, being goods and services, which accounts for about 26 uh, million uh, within the budget that we have. Uh, we do also reflect some proposed uh, budgets for the outer years, uh, which we have uh, shared with the department in the five-year strategy outlook. The amount is allocated to the various uh, programs, um, uh, which is uh, that still remains at 147 million. The larger chunk of this amount has been allocated to the, uh, the protection use of the water resources, which accounts for 46% of the total budget. In rent, cent, and terms, it's about 69 million. Uh, which is then followed by the human resources and business support, which then accounts for about 46 million of the budget of 147. This is a challenge. Are you still there? We are losing you. Uh, the, we do reflect, uh, Chair, the financial challenges that we, we, we have as uh, an organization. I think we it's only it's also important to indicate that we are expecting a shortfall of about 50 million from the proposed uh, budget um, initially we were looking at about a budget of about 174 million which uh, in the reality now is that we are going to have about 124 million so we're looking at a shortfall about of about 50 million um, there is about 23 percent of the parliamentary grant being documentation uh, 
uh, as well as about 40% reduction um, in terms of the same charges due to bad debt. Um, as earlier indicated, this is also due to the quality of the data that uh, we have, which was transferred from the department. We continue, Chair, to engage with the department around the uh, 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 data quality to support the 40% uh, reduction. Uh, secondly, we are also engaging with the colleagues in the department, particularly with the chief financial officer, uh, who's really coming on board uh, to look at uh, the kind of assistance that uh, can be offered to the entity uh, that we are now realizing that there is about, uh, there's a shortfall. And the shortfall does have its own impact uh, in terms of the uh, 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 critical uh, control, contractual obligations, uh, which um, will impact the entity to, to some extent, fully execute its uh, uh, mandate. And secondly, we've also proposed to the board, which the board has approved the uh, cessation and downsizing of some key projects and I think the situation might improve depending on the outcomes of our discussions with the, the department in terms of the uh, uh, additional funding that may be required uh, from our side. However, we do not want to sit back and just uh, complain uh, about the lack of resources. And while the discussions are underway with the department, we have... Um, come to some proposed action plans that uh, will really assist us in the short term. Um, as indicated, we're engaging the department to revise the allocation. We also have implemented a debt management strategy, which uh, the board has approved, and we're implementing those, that strategy, and the cost containment uh, measures, which uh, we have approved uh, last month. The long term, uh, we have uh, indicated issues of revenue streams to augment the uh, already strained uh, resources. But in the main, we have also engaged with the department to uh, look at the review of a, a sustainable funding model for the CMA of, or for the CMAs. Uh, in this regard, there's quite a number of uh, issues that we have uh, engaged with the department, particularly on issues that relates to the pricing strategy, uh, because all our costs that we are looking at as cost drivers, we wish to recover our costs in full. Uh, but at the moment, the current pricing strategy does not allow us to recover our cost uh, in full, particularly when it relates to the domestic and forestry, which uh, the strategy really puts a cap on some of the tariffs that the entity uh, can charge. So we really hope that in the long term, this is an area that uh, uh, the department can look at. I must indicate here that uh, we have agreed with the colleagues in the department that this is a matter that must be looked at on an urgent basis because it really would affect the sustainability of the same ACE in the long term. We also wish to indicate just a few operational challenges uh, which um, we do take note of the minister's visit in the province and the engagement with the premier. Uh, but from our side, uh, the issues around the uh, 
the inadequate storage, uh, particularly in the city of Mombela, um, um, because we currently don't have the uh, uh, implementation of the Crocodile East Dam project. All indications are that the dam will be constructed in the year 2026. 20, uh, uh, so we are really looking forward to, to this with the rains that we recently have uh, had Jefferson. Uh, all the runoffs are leaving our shores to Eswatin and to uh, Mozambique, and we could really uh, uh, benefit uh, from this dam uh, going uh, forward because there's quite a number of key projects in our view that will be impacted um, by the lack of storage capacity within the Mbombela area uh, as the water demand is going to grow in the long term. I think we've spoken about the pricing strategy, uh, which is uh, the pricing strategy, which uh, we hope that uh, uh, that can be reviewed because it puts some uh, uh, caps on, on how we uh, uh, charge uh, our tariffs uh, uh, going forward to, to make us more sustainable. Chairperson, that is our presentation as an entity. Uh, and we really thank the committee for giving us the opportunity to present our APP for 2022-23 financial year. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's the end of our presentation. Thank you. Chair, we're in your hands, I'm sure. Am I audible? You are audible. My, you are. Well, the first greetings, uh, Honorable Minister. Greetings to the chair and members of, of the committee and colleagues. The CE will do the presentation on the plan. Uh, what is noteworthy is that uh, uh, the mandate and the plan confirms how the entity is going to deliver the mandate and how the entity is going to expeditiously respond to directives given by, by the minister. And we need to assure the portfolio committee that in executing this mandate and the directives, the board is going to continue to embrace good governance. I think the presentation also confirms how these mandates will contribute to the uh, government outcome, the 12 government outcomes, and how it is going to uh, be aligned to the government priorities as, 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 as pronounced by the minister in the 2022 uh, SONA. Thanks, uh, 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 Minister. I will then hand over to Mr. Sechemane to actually do the presentation.
chairperson and members, am I audible now? You you are you are breaking yeah. a lot, you, you are breaking a lot, but you are now audible. Okay, I'm sorry, I was struggling with the with the presentation this side. Uh, I hope it's uh, it is uh, we can see the presentation, and with your permission, I will start chair. Um, this is the outline of the presentation, if uh, everybody can see the strategic overview, contributions to government outcomes, alignment with government priorities, uh, project funded by TCTA challenges and analysis of the 22-23 budget. I'll deal with everything and uh, I'll just let the CFO deal with the analysis of the budget. The introduction is just to outline how the Transcaledon Tunnel Authority will fulfill its mandate and implement the directives received from the minister during the period 2022 to 2025, and in doing so, uh, supporting government's developmental agenda. And this is our mandate uh, set in terms of set out in terms of the notice of establishment directives issued from time to time by the executive authority. We are STCTA and implementing agent on behalf of the Department of Water and Sanitation with the funding and implementation of water infrastructure projects. This is just a mandate flow process in terms of what happens uh, from the time we receive the mandate from the minister until now the project is fully uh, done and handed over to the department. What gets left then with us is the debt management aspect of it. So I know that this has been presented before, so I won't go deep into it unless there are questions there. I can always come back to it. Uh, strategic overview, this is TCTA's vision and mission. We aim to be the world-class enabler of sustainable infrastructure for a water secure South Africa. The mission to plan, finance, and implement sustainable and accessible water resource infrastructure. Uh, what's important then, it's starting with the strategic goals for 2022-2023. Uh, the first goal is the raising of funding for implementation of infrastructure. Goal number two, implementation of capital projects on time within budget and to the appropriate standards in a suitable socioeconomic uh, environmental manner. Goal number three, operate and maintain designated projects to meet DWS requirements and specifications. Goal number four, manage debt within the approved borrowing limit. Goal number five, effective control of corporate expenditure. Goal number six, ensure organizational positioning of the planned water agency. We're only talking about goal number six here because there's still a lot of work and uh, leadership that we need to get from the minister and also we would support it by the deputy ministers and the DG. So we are putting goal number six here. I'm just talking about it because I know it's something that we're working very hard on at this particular point in time uh, with the direction coming from the minister. Goal number seven, ensure organizational positioning for the planned water agency. I think I've talked about it in the previous one. Coordinate and monitor efficient implementation of the project within SIP 90. It's the role that we still play on goal number eight, uh, supporting uh, governments in terms of the SIPs. Goal number nine, enhance the internal control environment, risk management, and supply chain management system. Goal number 10, clear irregular and fruitless and wasteful expenditure. Uh, 11, implement the ICT strategic plan and the ERP system. 
which is the enterprise-wide uh, system that we use. Goal number 12, position TCTA as a thought leader in critical aspects of water security. Number 13, develop a high-performance organizational culture that contributes to the achievement of organizational goals. So those are the our goals. So the next few slides, Chair, we're just outlining the government outcomes against the TCTA contribution, really looking at what government has actually uh, tasked uh, through the minister, what government has to do, and uh, there is an alignment in terms of the outcomes four, five, six, seven, and uh, eight, nine, ten, and twelve. We have actually selected these because these are aligned to the work that we're doing. So we are showing the contribution of TCTA in terms of uh, ensuring that government is able to achieve the outcomes that it wants. Um, alignment with goal uh, with government priorities. The five government priorities for 2022-23, the state of, state of the nation address on the 10th of February 2022, some of the issues that were mentioned uh, or that were relevant anyway to us, it's uh, overcoming the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, where it's directly facing what we do as TCTA, it's a massive rollout of infrastructure, uh, a substantial increase in local production, and employment stimulus to create jobs and support livelihoods, and rapid expansion of our energy generation capacity. Uh, this one is indirect, but we know that you, for now, except for green energy, you need water before you can actually do energy generation on a massive scale. Um, a massive rollout of infrastructure. This one is uh, actually directed to us specifically because this is what we do. The projects that we're currently dealing with at uh, project uh, preparation phase is the Mkomazi Water Project Phase 1, and uh, the Imkomazi project in, in totality, we're looking at uh, augmentation of the water supply to the Mgeni system by 35.8% or 220 megaliters of water per annum. And this is the description of the project. And maybe I just uh, need to look at the project cost, which is approximately sitting at 23.2 billion at this particular issue. The critical issues uh, re related to this particular uh, project are the resolution of the EIA conditions impacting on the viability of the project. Part of that, uh, one has cheekily put uh, a photo of a, the, the blue swallow, which are some of the things that are necessary before we can even uh, get the approvals that we need on, on the environmental side, because these are the breeding grounds for the swallows. Uh, negotiate and conclude institutional arrangements. There's a lot of work that is being done, uh, driven and directed by the minister, working with the political structures also in KZN, looking at the cost of this total project and all the other issues. We need, once those are done, up to obtain borrowing authority from uh, National Treasury, and we now need to uh, secure interim and long-term project funding. And that's something that TCTA then does with the external funders at this particular point in time. But these are what's on the critical part. Uh, projects at implementation phase, the Mukolo Crocodile Water Project, which we call Makwap 2, and the Bert River Full Flay Augmentation Scheme, which we call Bravas. The, on the Mukolo Crocodile Water Augmentation Project Phase 2, uh, this is planned to augment water supply to ESCOM and uh, looking at the uh, independent power producer, uh, power generation, associated coal mining, the Palele municipality, and unlocking economic development in the uh, water coal fields as well. 
and the the project cost is sitting at uh, 12.3 billion at this particular point. And the critical issues are the raising of long-term funding. Of course, there's a lot of uh, alignment or assignment by the funders with this, looking at the fact that we're supplying or water in the space where there's a lot of coal development. But we are saying as well that this is also supported by and funded by the World Bank, where they are looking at technologies that would make sure that the fossil fuels are not as, uh, uh, are not actually polluting the area. So we're looking forward to this because this is also a, an opportunity for South Africa to still be able to use coal in a manner that it's uh, not harmful to the environment as well. And the critical issue as well is the award of contracts for the construction of the project as well. The next one is the Bell River Full Flay Augmentation Scheme. Um, what I need to say about this, the project is uh, was looking initially it was an emergency project looking at uh, uh, supply to the Western Cape. And uh, the, 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 we all know that there was a lot of drought in that particular area. Although things have changed around, there's been a lot of delays in terms of finalizing the awarding of uh, all the, the institutional arrangements in terms of the contracts being finalized uh, between the municipalities and uh, the metro, which is would be the Cape Town. And uh, at this particular point in time, the number that's sitting there as a cost estimate is going to drastically change. And that's why uh, one did not change this, but it's important to highlight to the committee that there are new figures that have come at this particular point in time, but we are planning to have a meeting. In fact, our meeting with the potential customers, it's on, uh, it's this Friday where we are going to talk about the cost revisions. And once that process has been finalized, we will come with a, a new figure in terms of where we stand. But I need to say that the figure looks very different in terms of the preliminary numbers at this particular point in time. So this, this has a potential of pushing back depending on the, uh, response that we get from the customers. But for now, the project is still in line, but we will see after we've gone through this process in terms of what uh, the outcome is, because we need to work with the department and also the end users as well. The next one is uh, projects that are under operation and maintenance. We are looking at the acid mine drainage and the Lesotho Highlands Water Project Phase 1. And I'm deliberately talking about Lesotho Highlands Water Project Phase 1, not Phase 2. I will then talk to Phase 2 in one of the slides later. And on the acid mine drainage, the objective is the operate, operation and maintenance of the Western Basin, which has a high-density high sludge water treatment plant in a cost-effective and environmentally sustainable manner. I think on the uh, Western Basin, we are not doing badly because the plant is currently treating around 25 to 30 liters of uh, megaliters per day of uh, AMD. Uh, the quality of treated water does meet the Department of Water and Sanitation specifications. And uh, on control, they can't prevent it by keeping water level below surface. So we are able, there are no issues in terms of the Western Basin at this stage. The central basin, the target is to keep water below the ECL of 126 below surface. Uh, target of maintaining AMD at 126 below uh, sharp curve, not yet met. An increase of water ingress into the basin and a number of operational outages during the year has resulted in the failure to achieve the targeted water levels. I think we've seen that with the amount of uh, rainfall that has taken place, there's been a lot of fresh water that has found itself 
into the ingress where we don't have this closed at this particular point in time. But we are working to recover on this particular one to make sure that we can meet that target. The problem at this particular point in time is the Eastern Basin, where at this particular point in time, we have had uh, motor failures that have impacted the operations of, of the plant. And I think the committee would be aware that this has made the news at this particular point in time in terms of uh, the potential decant of AMD. Uh, but we are working with the German companies and uh, I did ensure that uh, there would be a question that says, but why are you not working with other companies to do this? The size of these motors, there are only two suppliers in the world that are actually producing this. So we are actually linked to, or uh, we have no choice but to work, to work with those particular suppliers. And at this particular point in time, uh, we are looking at uh, the German supplier sourcing necessary spare parts, and we are looking at the end of June to actually deal with the risks and uh, to recommission the plant. Uh, the risk of environmental degradation is limited given that the risk of decant will not materialize before the pumps have been repaired. So we are still confident that we'll be able to deal with this matter. It is a bit worrying that we are linked to these particular suppliers because not a lot of people are doing submersible pumps, especially that de deal with an acidic water such as the acid mine drainage. So this is where we are on this particular one. Uh, the next one is the Lesotho Highlands Water Project Phase 1. Uh, water delivery targets are being met currently, and we are talking about Phase 1 at this stage. Successful outage uh, was held during October and November 2019, looking at uh, emergency repairs that needed to be completed. The reason why we're talking about this is once the, the pipeline gets into, the tunnel gets into the South African side, TCTA is responsible for that part. So there's always a coordination between ourselves and the government of Lesotho on their side to make sure that this is done successfully because it is one, one pipe. It's just that one side of it, one side of the tunnel is in Lesotho, the other one is in South Africa. And we are planning the next uh, outage for a six-month duration. We, we are planning that for 2024 to refurbish the steel lining. And already the plans have started in terms of uh, ensuring that by 2024, we will be ready to deal with this. And I know in the past, some of the questions related to what would it mean if there's no water flowing for six months? So part of the plan is to actually ensure that there would be enough water that can last us for that time. We have successfully dealt with this before and it has not been a problem. So planning for the next outage has commenced already, as I'm saying. And then looking at the transformation strategy, we're looking at procurement policy reform for goods and services, as well as for infrastructure development. Of course, this has been heavily impacted now. I think uh, if I'm now looking at the topical areas now, in terms of the decision of uh, that came out of the Concord based on the challenge that was put. So we are uh, currently working with the board to get an exemption to be able to still continue with the projects that we need to do. But it is a process that we are undergoing because this is affecting all state-owned uh, entities and companies. Provision of economic opportunities to previously disadvantaged individuals through preferential procurement, development of black businesses through enterprise development with emphasis on women, youth, people, and people with disabilities, job creation and employment of local citizens, skills development, provision of bursaries to deserving students from previously disadvantaged backgrounds, and uh, in general, looking at poverty allevi alleviation where we can. 
projects funded and implemented by TCTA. I think this is an important slide because it talks about all the projects that are funded and implemented by TCTA today. Now, this is the only space or place where I'm talking about the cost of the Lesotho Highlands Water Project uh, Phase 2 because the project itself is being implemented by our sister company in Lesotho, which is the LHDA. But on the on our side, what we're doing is providing the funding. Now, for Phase 1 of the Lesotho Highlands Water Project, we are now sitting at 9.5 billion. That is outstanding, but that is well managed and there are no issues there. The cost of the phase two is sitting at 36 billion. And this is the work that we currently uh, busy with. Of course, we are going through all the processes and making sure that we deal with things like the Namibia issue because of riparian issues, related issues. But it, it is a, a matter that uh, we being, uh, that has been handled and the minister has taken lead on this on this particular one. Funding and implementation of the Bell Water Project. You can see the number uh, is sitting at 1.6 billion. Uh, funding and implementation of what we call FRESA, the Val River Eastern Subsystem Augmentation Project, 2.9 billion. Implementation of uh, phase 2C of the Olifants River, uh, it's sitting at 2.3 billion. Funding and implementation of phase 2 of the MMTS or Moim Gemi Transfer Scheme, uh, 2.1 billion. Funding and implementation of the Komati Water Scheme Augmentation Project, 1.1 billion. Funding and implementation phase one of the Mukolo Crocodile uh, Water uh, Augmentation Project, 2.1 billion. Funding and implementation of the treatment works for the short-term intervention on the acid mine drainage in the Bedwaters Rand Goldfields, 2.6 billion. And the reason why this amount is sitting here was the work that was done was supposed to transition from the short-term into the long-term. But uh, because of the changes now that have been put in place in terms of how the long term will be done, we will get guidance from the department once they've finished with their studies. And then we are doing the operation and maintenance of the AMD uh, short-term intervention and the Lesotho Highlands Water Project, the South African portion of as I've said. And the economic pro uh, impact of the project that we're dealing with, phase two of the Lesotho Highlands Water Project, uh, we're looking at part of the Val River. Uh, it is part of the Val River system, which supports 50 to 60 percent of South Africa's GDP. Mkomazi Water Project is part of the Mgeni system, which supports over 5 million people in KZN. The Phase 2A of the Mokolo Crocodile Water Augmentation uh, Project it will support 20% of ESCOM's installed generation capacity and allow the flue gas desulfurization of all mid-to-piece generation units. This, uh, this is the condition I was talking about that relates to what well, well bank loan requires, which would make sure then that we have uh, we don't have pollution or the coal that is being used is still uh, environmentally friendly. The Bear River Full Flay Augmentation Scheme um, Part of Western Cape water supply system, which support between 10 and 13 percent of South Africa's GDP. So these are some of the major projects in terms of looking at the kind of impact that they have on the on South Africa as a whole. Uh, and then I'm focusing on challenges, implementation of projects, raising of funding, and debt management. Uh, we've tried to keep this uh, high level project implementation. Challenges in agreeing on funding models with project beneficiaries and obtaining their commitment to sign off-take agreements contributes to delays in, in, in raising of funding. The reality is the cost of funding based on the size of the project 
is quite high or quite huge at this particular point in time. But we also understand that water has to be kept at a level where it can be affordable because it is enshrined in the constitution. I think that's why our strategy is to also bring in national treasury where we have to look at whether there's a need or it's it's possible for uh, the fiscals to come in because no, normally our projects, we will actually go and not have to deal with the fiscals at all unless there's a social component. And this is one of the issues, one of the main risks that we are dealing with as TCTA. The second one is raising of funding. Reduce funders' appetite for lending to state-owned entities and generally tight lending conditions under the circumstances. And we know that uh, the SOE environment is not being looked favorably at this stage, but we believe that uh, some of the, or TCTA specifically, is still at the point where we can try and get uh, competitively priced funding and it's work that we do, but it is a challenge looking at where SOEs are in South Africa and how they are perceived by the funding environment. Debt management, municipalities' ability to pay water tariffs, ensuring that tariffs are affordable, but also sustainable to assure viability of water sector institutions. Tighter conditions of regulatory approval for borrowings, reduced flexibility to deal with unforeseen liquidity challenges. So we don't have a lot of maneuvering, and we also understand that National Treasury is looking at giving us the absolute minimum in terms of the approvals that they need, but that also creates a problem where you have municipalities that are struggling to pay water boards, who pay the department, who have to then pay us, and it's an area that has to be looked at. So there is, there are a lot of other risks, but these ones are the ones that we picked up as the main ones that if we are able to deal with these risks, it will actually make uh, it easy for TCT to implement projects as we have them. Here at this stage, I'll hand over to the CFO to uh, do the budget analysis. Thank you, CE. Um, morning, Chair and members. When we're looking at the budget, what we'll just look at is one of the main drivers, what drives the budget, the assumptions, and we'll just analyze the budget as approved by the board. Um, on the next slide, we have the main drivers. Uh, the main drivers for this budget first is the CAPEX. When we were doing the budget for the CAPEX, we, for those um, that uh, are impacted by factors out of uh, TCTA's control, we have uh, budgeted conservatively for those. And, uh, but for the assets that are within TCTA's control, there's normal assets. We have uh, budgeted for those based on what TCTA's needs are. The next item that we have is the staff cost. Uh, the staff cost, uh, this is based on the approved structure. And this is basically the main um, driver for the admin costs, uh, overall admin cost for TCTA. The next items that we have is the IT infrastructure and uh, systems. On this, we just looked at the replacement of the assets, and then this was done in line with what uh, our policy uh, provides for. We looked at the system development. This one is just for our ERP system. We are in the process of procuring the system that is to assist in the finance procurement and uh, HR we currently mainly use the 
manual systems and there are other we use ECPEC but then when we have to do the financials and other things then we'll have to use a different system so we're saying that this is a challenge so we're trying to get one system to address all the needs of TCTA. The other driver is the legal fees. This is basically the support that we would need from the from the legal fraternity. We are currently defending um, there are cases that we are defending, so we have budgeted for that based on what the current estimates are. And we're looking at, um, we'll need a legal support that is for institutional arrangements and for funding. We will be going out on funding, requesting for funding during the current year. We have also budgeted for some due diligence work that may be needed for the agency. The next slide, this is just on the budget assumptions. What we have done as well for these, we have looked at items that are outside TCTA. We have tried to budget conservatively for this because we don't have control over them. We have used a zero-based budgeting for all the projects, but we also took into account the current running projects and the contracts that we have and to ensure that those are carried over into the next uh, financial years. And for the inflation adjustment, we have complied with National Treasury's guideline, where they say that we should use the 4.5%. And then for salaries, we have used a 4.3% uh, increase that is in line with the guidance that was received. On the next page, uh, we looked at the four vacancies, that is for payroll, we have budgeted for vacancies based on when we expect to place those. And we have also budgeted for attraction bonuses and merit increases. This was done due to the challenges that we experienced in the previous financial year in attracting and retaining talent. So we had to look at other ways where we can really attract uh, the skills that we need as TCTA. And um, the office list cost, uh, our lease expired in 20, December 2021. So we are in the process of securing uh, new offices. So what we used, we just used um, the estimates that we had received in the previous financial year. That's what we had budgeted for. And then for the consultancy fees, we did receive uh, business cases for all the consultancies that were included in the budget and we had to interrogate this to ensure that we don't really have the necessary skills internally before we go out. And for the all the admin costs, we those that are directly attributable to projects are allocated to those. And for the indirect overhead cost, there is an approved cost allocation methodology that we used. And this methodology is reviewed as and when necessary, or maybe when there are changes in the project activities. The next slide, this are just the assumptions that we use for MTEF. Uh, I think for the tariff billing, these are based on the income agreements that were signed and on the budgeted water volumes. And we use the 4.5% increase for all the routine uh, expenses. And that as well, taking into account the current, current, current contracts that we have. For CAPEX, this is based on the 
capital expenditure plans that we have as TCTA, and we have looked at what the LHDA long-term cost plans are. And we have excluded all those projects where we haven't secured um, funding. Those will only be included in the plan once there there is um, funding secured. In terms of the actual budget, I look at the okay. The first two columns are just for the 2021-22, and for 22-23. The budgeted revenue for the year is 7.9 billion. And with that, we have that operating expenditure of 2.4 billion. This is just a 12% increase on what we had in the previous financial year. And of this 2.4 billion, 1.4 is related to the Lesotho operating cost. And the admin cost, we have the 587. And for O&M operations and maintenance, uh, we have budgeted, budgeted for 461 million. And if we look at that, our operating inflows for the year, there's a budget of 5.5 billion. And if we take into account the finance charges that we are going to pay, which are 1.4 billion, we have a net working capital of 4.1 billion for the 2022-23 financial year. Um, when you go to the next slide, yes, we start with the, we look at the 2022-23. We start with that, uh, the networking capital of 4.1. We, 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 sorry, sorry, we really need to be worried a bit of time. It is half past 12, we will be closed at one. We have not engaged any of the presentation we might be have a difficulty in terms of uh, talking to it. Okay, maybe I'll just end on the slide, Chair, on the what we have under 2022-23, the network capital, we have the 4.1 billion. And of this, we have capital repayments, which are 1.5. And the normal assets that we buy as TCTA is 59 million, meaning the total expenditure for the year is 5.3 billion. If we look at this 5.3 billion of these, we need uh, for TCTA projects, there's 1.2 billion. And for the LHPW2 is uh, 4.1, meaning that for the year under review, I think what we have there, there's the amount that as TCTA we have to go raise, which is the 2.5 billion for the current year. And for the next year is 2.4, and for 2014-25 is the 6.8 billion. So, Chair, I think maybe I should end here, given that the next slides, these are just gra- uh, graf- graphical presentations of what is included in the budget. Thank you, Chair. Yeah. Um. Minister, Deputy Minister, I want us to allow allow you to allow us to ask questions. In, if there are there are things we have to say uh, in answering those questions, please say so. But um, at least uh, this thirty minutes, let us use it for people to can engage the the, report, the, 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 the presentation.
colleagues, here is a presentation. I know it is a little bit long. Uh, you might have forgotten what you wanted to say in the opening. Uh, please bear with me. It is um, beyond me. Um, I did ask that. Let us write down our questions and uh, let's 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 engage. Um, only one hand is in the portal. Can I can I see uh, hands? Okay. Three for now. Let me start with uh, Mam Musala. Uh, Mam Tseke will follow. Mam Kony will follow. Thanks, Chairperson. Let me take this opportunity and greet uh, members. Chairperson, I've got a few questions. The first ones are on Transcalitin Tunnel Authority. The question is, the Water Research Commission undertook a study on women involvement in TCTA projects. Could the authority provide details on the findings of the study and the extent to which measures are in place to address gender inequalities in the construction industry? Number two, Chair, the construction industry in South Africa was mired in controversy over so-called mafia style of operations to secure work on large construction infrastructure projects. Is this a challenge in the country? If so, has TCTA encountered this? And how is it being addressed? Chairperson number three, currently what percentage of the construction industry has been transformed to facilitate the entrance of black companies into the market? Four chairperson, the last one on TCTA. Your presentation highlights some of the financial risks TCTA is likely to encounter in undertaking mega infrastructure projects. What measures are in place to mitigate this and how is National Treasury supporting or creating an, 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 an enabling environment to ensure smooth operations of the projects? Chairman, the other questions goes to the Briote Corridors. Has the Briate Horiz Catchment Management Agency utilized any of the Water Research Commission's technology to assist with clearance of invasive alien spaces or hindsight removal? Chairperson number two, has the Catchment Management Agencies identified compromised wetlands in their areas of jurisdictions? What is your view on the way in which South Africa is working to rehabilitate wetlands. Last one, catchment management agencies are better positioned to deal with water allocation in terms of drought, climate change, current variability, as well as other issues. Do you think delaying the establishment of all catchment management agencies me the work of the department? Do you think that pro-catchment pro management agencies are able to operate as effectively as established Cashment management agencies. Thank you, Chairperson. That's all. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Chairperson, and uh, let me greet all the um, leaders, leadership who is present here, including the minister. Um, Chairperson, also to appreciate the presentation by the three entities. And I think moving forward, um, at some point, you have to call them just to check if these APPs are implemented to the latter. Um, just a few questions from my side, Chair. Um, the, the, the President, in his State of Nation address, put an emphasis on job creation as one of our government priorities um, for this current financial year. And all government departments and its entities are expected to make their own contribution in terms of job creation. My question is that what would be the entities, the three of them, um, contribution on the job uh, job creation? Uh, secondly, Chair, with regard to, in relation to the climate change, um, how is all the entities that have presented today developing adaptation and mitigation plans on climate change in its work? The third question, Chair, did WS, um, when it presented its um, APP, it has a set target on procurement that focuses specifically on qualifying small enterprises and the exempted micro enterprises, which are owned by women, young people, and persons with disabilities. What would be the um, the entities, or what would the entities contribute to these targets? Um, I saw in the presentation of Priede Horitz, it's just generic. Um, it's not specific in terms of the, the three um, um, uh, vulnerable groups. And then the other question, what are the challenges in relation to uh, what irrigation boards to water users' authority, and how is this the end to this challenge? The other question, Chair, is on TCTA. Um, TCTA is implementing projects across the country. And in one slide, there's about allocation of bursaries to the students. I just want to check what Chairman for the students. Um, to get the bias and how many actually have um, since its inception. The other one, in one of the slides, I think it's in the Indian people, um, TCTA reports that there are engagements between the TT and DWS on a planned establishment of a national water and sanitation infrastructure authority. My question is, what would this authority differ the soon to be established national water resource infrastructure agency? Um, My last question, the it made the rollover uh, of three million, which was very previously. One to check if 
what what was the for not spending this uh, allocation and do they have capacity going forward um to can be able to spend the 11 million um uh, budget um, to the current projects that they have identified um, yeah, I think those are my questions, Chair. Thanks. Uh, Ms. Ms. Thank you, Chairperson. I would like to thank the Minister, Deputy Ministers, who are in this meeting and um, all the members. Uh, uh, I just want to appreciate the presentation of uh, the CEO. Jan van Staden from Red Hoya. I just have uh, two, I think it's three questions which I wanted to get clarity on. Especially around 2017, there was a lot of drought in the, north, in, in the, in the Western Cape. And we saw farmers around Harabo area supplying the city of Cape Town and the surrounding areas during that period with water. My question is, how are those farmers allowed to keep such substantial of water privately? And what were the account, accounting systems put in place for them to hold such a lot of water? Is it allowed? With the forums which he, he referred to um, in his presentation, were they also um, reporting these occurrences? And then the second point I want to ask is regarding the river rehabilitation programs. Are there any black companies involved in those? And what is the ratio of their involvement? Can you give us more information and give us a breakdown on that? And also my third question is on boreholes. The boreholes drilled by farmers, is there any accounting for the use of the water or is it for free? So those are the three questions I want to to refer to to Brother Holder. I'll come back to other entities, and um, I'm pleased to hear the minister that they're working closely together with the entity. Thank you. Can I come back later, Chair, for for the TCTA? Yeah, person. Um, just quickly uh, from Constance, can I please ask that uh, Honourable uh, Constance, please repeat the last question. I think it's around boreholes. Uh, please, um, if you may, uh, Honourable. Okay. May I, Chair? Yes, I do. Okay, thank you. No, I just wanted to find out about the boreholes. Um, if um, the farmers drill their own boreholes, and if they do so, is there any accounting system for the use of the water or is it for free or how do you deal with that? That's my question. I hope it's clear. No, I'm going to, uh, don't spare your, your questions to, to come back later. Finish them all because we want, want, want to deal with them once. Okay. So I also have another one for a few uh, one, two, three questions for Transkeladin, CTA, Mr. Pesi Sishinami. I don't know if I pronounce it well. I would like to appreciate also your presentation and it was quite informative. Um, minor questions, Chairperson, I want to ask. 
Um, as per his report, there are technical issues regarding the management of the of acid mine drainage, and yet the mining hasn't stopped. I, this is not for the first time that has been reported to us. But I just want to know, how do they manage the situation with the water coming from the mines? Um, the Berk, the second question, the Berk River uh, lay augmentation said the budget is going to increase significantly. Um, can I just get the reasons I didn't hear it? If I did, if you, he did uh, uh, put it in the report, I'm sorry, can you please repeat for me? What does the, the third one is, what does the agency do? In terms of technical upskilling, I think that is also a follow-up on some of the members who spoke before me, especially around youth development and the water in the water engineering sector. If they can also give us quantify like a breakdown to say so many women, so many youth, which areas, which province, and so on. So that's just to, to have an idea. So those are the two questions I have been chair. Um, Peter, Honorable Peterson, Madi. Chair, uh, I only got two questions. One for TCTA in awarding tenders has a TCTA considered the Department of Water and Sanitation output indicators relating to the qualifying small enterprises and the exempted micro enterprises annual targets in your procurement plan. I just want to find out if they 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 look at that. And then the second question is for IUCMA. IUCMA. Uh, on the historically disadvantaged individuals and resource poor farmers. So, uh, in the resource poor farmers supported by the entity to ensure all poor farmers have water supply and how many farmers are supported. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you very much. Um, one or two from me. Uh, the first one is to the department minister or, uh, or deputy minister around the TCTA. In the last two or three years, they were, there were problems uh, around the, uh, the TCA operations, um, which we were, we were told that uh, the department is fixing. Um, how far are we? Um, can we take it that now that, uh, that those problems were now, are now um, done with, um, everything is done? And the incomati, um, um, the difficulties that you have, for instance, I know that um, 
Yakadem uh, at some point dries up um, and, and sometimes it, it, it holds water. It supplies big areas of pushback uh, you know, fish and the ancient court uh, down to on the, the far north, far southeast of the, the area. But but it, um, at some point it was run by rainwater. It is now back to pushback municipality. What is really the the, the benefits? Of the fact that um, the, the 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 dam is now run by uh, the, the municipalities compared to the time when rainwater was the operate was the operation was the operative um, uh, uh, water utility. I want to ask: there is a dam in the mountains of Muhuluhulu called Sebran Panikar Dam. And I've asked this question at some point. I don't get a sense of what, what we're doing about that dam. That dam is too huge. In actual fact, when we grew up, because I grew up visiting my TBD through the, the, that Orestad Road, we, we were of the view that that is a sea because we did not know what a sea is. Uh, nothing is spoken about that dam. The Mulu dam called what is happening in, in, that, in that one? I want to ask um, on the Berehorit. You are saying you, you are utilizing 77% of your total budget to employees benefit when the norm in the world is that at most you can go to 30, but acceptable norms are 25%. Now, do, I, do, we want to, do you want us to believe that you exist solely for purposes of dis, dis, disbursing in monies to employees? I mean, your goods and services only is accounting for 11% of your budget. My 77% is for salaries only. It is even worse. Your board, it's a, a, a one, 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 one point something percent. Your board uh, money. Your operational cost, it's, 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 it's really, really, it, it, it seems you have got no operational work that you're doing. You, you, you get money. From getting the money you give back to the employees, and to do that is normal, um, or, or is it supposed to be normal? By the way, and how how is that? Because I've heard, I've heard the minister saying the way you are so good, they want you to to, to expand to to deal with the whole Western Cape. In this trend of seventy-seven percent of us are going to employees. How are you going to, to survive under normal circumstances when it is supposed to go back to 30 or 25% of your income as being allowed to be um, used for employee benefits and employee relations? Otherwise, this is your budget. I think you want, you are, tell, you are telling us this is working, but I'm a little bit worried uh, of the lifespan that you, you, you will have 
if you if you only get money to pay salaries only and nothing more but that nothing less um, we are now expecting to be answered minister if you are starting please start if you are giving your your people to answer first do so but we are in your hands now Department, Minister, Deputy Minister, DG. Uh, I know that there's an acting DG we had so, or any of the department of the entities who want to answer first. Yeah, if there are no hands, I can start with the responses. Uh, this is Persis Germany from TCTA, with your permission, Chair. Yeah, I'm saying that there are no hands. I'm, I'm, I'm awaiting you to answer. That's why I was saying okay. the minister or the deputy minister or any other person. Okay, then I will start then unless the, uh, the minister or the deputy minister wants to come in. Um, the... Questions that were asked to TCTA, and uh, I will ask members if there's anything that we've left out, because some of the questions are similar. So one would answer them in the same way, in the similar fashion. Member Mutala's question related to uh, a report that, that was done by the uh, Water Research Commission on uh, TCTA projects and uh, women in TCTA projects. I think one of the things that needs to be understood is the size of TCTA projects. But perhaps one has to answer this question in a manner that we explain how we go about with the project. Because of the size of the project, there's a lot of work that we do on the ground before we even start with the project, where it actually assists us to even answer your second question, Memutala, of the construction mafia, because it's a reality. It's real. It's something that is there. And uh, in terms of how we deal with it is we actually have a unit that goes on the ground and engages with the community and the community leaders as well, whether from a formal political side or even in terms of uh, traditional leaders. And part of that would now be looking at talking about the projects, looking at the skills that are there at that particular point in time. But you'll always find that there's a difference between the work that is available, and I think uh, this was also asked by Mecheke and uh, members of Posing, in terms of, or Mel Peterson as well, in terms of qualifying micro-enterprises. There's the side of the core business, which are now the big projects that we need to do. So there is that process where we go on the ground, we engage with the communities, and then we find their skill sets. And there's a process that gets followed in terms of ensuring that the locals are able to benefit from the project as we do them. And uh, that's part of uh, how we, are, we, we roll out the projects on one side. The other side would just be <laughs> in terms of normal business from a point of view of, of what we need to consume as TCTA. In that, then we follow strictly the rules as set up by National Treasury in terms of how we deal with these particular matters. Now, the case that I have mentioned is very important if you consider the outcome thereof, where we're talking about uh, the, the uh, 
uh, the, the, the stop that has been put to the SOEs in terms of going out into the market. The way we've looked at it and uh, analyzed it, it says the state has to go to the pre-2017 rules where we had much more say in terms of how a tender needs to go out. It has good and bad. In the good side is you can actually say, this contract is going out or this tender is going out and it has to be for, we're looking specifically targeting the youth, targeting people with disability or targeting women. But uh, post-2017, we could not do that. We had to go with the instructions that are set up in National Treasury. Otherwise, this would have been audit findings. So where we're sitting, we are waiting for final outcome in terms of this. But this tool would actually come in handy to be able to deal with these matters. So sometimes the state and its entities can do much better, but the rules sometimes are the ones that are making it difficult to actually do some of the things that we need to do. But to answer the question is, that's the process that we follow in terms of ensuring that we, we do have women in TCTA projects, but it's in as far as the amount of work that they need to do. It needs to be remembered that primarily we go into the market to borrow money, and this is where probably our space is uh, a bit unfair where you're talking about uh, project financing, because sometimes you get money coming from uh, countries outside, and then they send their own conditions in terms of what needs to happen. But we always make sure that we are aligned to uh, the SONA constitution of the country in terms of the rules from a point of view of how do we do procurement. So that's the process that we follow. I think high level, I did talk about that in terms of our procurement strategy to make sure that there's alignment with the government's uh, intention. So that's the process that we follow. Where we can, it's on the smaller projects or when we're looking at things like office supplies or other just day-to-day things where we actually ensure that we look at the micro-businesses and we are able to deal with matters of disability. On the issue of disability, that one we try to deal with also in terms of who do we recruit and uh, what kind of qualifications do they have. And there are processes that we follow on that part as well. Now, the the issue of the uh, construction mafia, because unless you are able to easily tackle the issue of ensuring that there's a representation on the end users, you'll always get this kind of problem. But if you work in closely with the communities uh, before the projects get started, it's easy to deal with those. But even that is not foolproof because sometimes you do get people that were never part of the discussions in the first place that then come and say they are demanding some of the projects. I think a good example is... Uh, uh, one project that we are helping that is being done by the department, which is the Mzimvu, where a lot of local people are now demanding that these processes or this project needs to be done by them. But the issue becomes the small players as well. There's always a problem with guaranteeing the work that they've done, especially if you're talking about multi-billion rent projects. That's why we now force the main uh, tenderers or whoever is the, 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 the people that have won the tenders to give them targets in terms of how many people do they need to appoint at, uh, at subcontractors, but still ensuring that that won't get used against us by people that says you forced us to appoint people that don't know what they're doing, so it's a problem. So it's something that we manage all the time in terms of how we deal with that. But we found that with communication and making sure that we can identify and deal with the legitimate leaders in the different communities, it actually goes a long way in terms of dealing with this particular issue. And I think it covers quite a number of uh, 
questions that have been asked by other members. And I think as part of that, that also answers the issue of facilitation of new entrants. Because if we set the targets properly and say, these are the conditions in terms of uh, when we do procurement to say, you will get X number of uh, points if your structure looks like this, or if you are able to bring new entrants as part of your uh, submission. And this is the the right trigger where we are able to force new entrants to work with those that have been in the sector for a long time or that have the capacity. Because other than that, you will not have the skills transfer that you need. Um, there was a question that talked about how do we deal with mitigating the funding challenges. For now, <clears throat> because we are an SOE or a special purpose vehicle that does not even have a balance sheet. We rely on the department and also National Treasury giving us uh, the direction in terms of what we have to do. We have started looking at uh, engaging with other, uh, trying to find other sources of funding except for the banks, because this is a real threat if one thinks about it, because the banks, if you look at their credit committee, which are the committees that make the decision whether they want to give us money or not, they will always look at how exposed they are to TCTA and the other institutions. So you always worry about that. So we are also now starting to look at saying, is it possible for us to start looking at even the people that are tendering to start bringing their own money? Because it's very important that we don't get to uh, to struggle to be able to do projects. But this is a bigger issue where National Treasury has to look not only at TCTA project or water projects, but the whole country's project and try to do a balancing act on that. And we work closely with them to actually make sure that we meet our, their conditions. But at this stage, what we are doing is we are diversifying the sources of funding but we are very careful as we do that. It's very important that we can actually even get the funders to do that. We need to make sure that the cost of that funding remains competitive. Uh, um, the, I think this also touched on the matter of job creation because we create jobs on the basis of the projects that we're doing and where the projects are. The good thing with that is this would actually pass through many communities if you consider the size of what we're dealing with. And we are able to get job creation uh, supported through the implementation of the project, but also the conditions that we put in when we actually do the procurement and managing the project. Um, the issue of uh, bursaries, we are a small organization currently sitting at 171 or so people, but uh, as part of that, we have allocated uh, for this year that we, 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 we are engaging on uh, about nine bursaries and we have about seven in tens. Part of that now is to also answer the questions in terms of how do we bring the youth into this particular space to make sure that... Will you call for me? Yes, I've confirmed. Let me just yeah. uh, check there. Unless, unless it's the other way around. It's... Uh, it's uh, seven bursaries and nine in tens. But those are the numbers as, as I've confirmed them with my team chair. Um, the issue of uh, agency, I need to say, member check that this is the same thing. The one, it, maybe we just called it the agency, but it's a, exactly the same one that you're talking about in terms of the resource, water resources agency. So what we're talking about is the same project. So it's not a, a different one. And I think there's a lot of information and uh, the guidance that we're getting from the minister in terms of how to deal with this matter going forward. Uh, members, 
touched on the issue of uh, acid mine drainage challenges, but uh, with the mining still continuing. There's a history more to this issue. It should be remembered that we have AMD challenges in South Africa because we did not have strong environmental laws before. But now there's been a lot of uh, uh, working on improving our environmental laws such that even if you have mining activities at this stage, the laws that they operate under actually forces them to be able to clean their mess or the issues that relate to AMD. But where we have a problem, it's all these historical ones where they, we didn't have these strong laws. And I think a lot of companies came into South Africa, did the mining and left. During mining operations, it's not a problem. It's post that where you have all of these uh, exposed uh, tailings where you don't have anybody or there were no uh, legislation that dealt with those. So all of these things are related to areas where there was mining activity before. But South Africa has gone a long way in terms of ensuring that the current mining activities are actually strict to actually ensure that there's rehabilitation uh, funding that is put in there before licenses are given and it's actually checked on an annual basis. So we are covered in terms of current uh, mining operations. It's just now dealing with all that uh, history where it becomes a problem. And this is where the whole AMD comes in. Uh, the issue of uh, Bravas, uh, the, 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 to ask, uh, I did touch on this, maybe I didn't do justice to it in terms of why is there cost escalation. Like I said, when this project was started, it was seen as, a, as an emergency. And as an emergency, it meant that you work with assumptions because you don't have enough time then to do your, your proper costing so that you know exactly how close you are to the actual cost. But one of the biggest issues that we have is the time it takes for us to then look at the initial cost and how long it takes for the uh, end users, in most cases it will be municipalities, to finalize the agreement. If one were to look at this particular project, they're toing and froing between us and the municipalities. And the municipalities and the city of Cape Town had their own issues in terms of how much water needs to be calculated, uh, uh, allocated to whom. And they also the, the, um, the farmers as well wanted to be part of this particular process. As these things take long until we get now the finalization where the uh, different municipalities, the structures that needs to approve them, actually approve them. Sometimes it can take multiple years, which is the case here. And that means now you have costs that are uh, getting out of hand because we don't have those uh, agreements signed. And National Treasury is very clear that they won't give us any approvals to go into the market if we don't have contracts that are binding the end users to be able to uh, repay those costs. Because it's one of those things where they say uh, that would actually be reckless for them to say, go in, into the market, borrow money, and then you don't have customers that are actually saying they will pay. So that's one of the other things that have created this problem at this particular point in time. Hence, we now need to go back to the drawing board and engage with everybody. Uh, technical upskilling, I think I've touched on that in terms of how we deal with the project. And what I need to say is, despite us being as small as 171 uh, employees full-time, we appoint people on the basis of the project. Any project that is now getting into the implementation phase, we will apply appoint people contractually to actually ensure that for that phase, whether it's a five-year or even more than a five-year, people will be appointed just for that project. And then that's how we do the technical upskilling. At the end of the project, then their contract would end because other than that, if there are no projects in the pipeline, we'll end up with uh, 
a lot of overheads that we cannot uh, afford. So we try and make sure that the core uh, work and activity is limited. But when we are having projects that we are implementing, then we increase accordingly. But the lifespan of those contracts are linked to the project as well. Then that's why we are able to leave, to 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 keep the cost uh, a bit low as well. Uh, Member Peterson, I think I've covered the issue of qualifying microenterprises in our procurement. The way I would answer that question is we are able to deal with the department because we will now have a shareholder compact where the minister would say from TCTA, this is what my expectations are. And the board would now then further uh, devolve that into the business by having uh, contracts with us now by way of shareholder compact that would now say this is what the minister has instructed the board and this is how the board would now ensure that these particular targets are met and I think from the minister's point of view the uh, amalgamation of all those different uh, shareholder compacts would make up what the department would now stand for in terms of what they are looking at but I think the board itself as well would be looking at this particular issue but like I said if there's one thing that one would say it's important. It's also getting guidance from the committee from a point of view of how this latest judgment that came out of uh, uh, that related to procurement uh, needs to be dealt with in a manner that gives us more breathing space. Because unless we follow that, we are not complying. And then it's a matter that the AG would come and say there's so much non-compliance in this particular environment. And uh, maybe the issue that the chairperson has raised, especially for TCTA, in the last two years, Chair, you are right about the challenges that have been there between us and uh, the uh, AGSA in terms of our audits. I am happy to uh, announce that finally we've got to a point because we had to go through a, a, a process that included National Treasury, uh, but in this case, looking at the Accountant General. And there are decisions that have now finally been made that would uh, have an impact on our accounting treatment. And we expect that going forward, we won't have all of these issues. But uh, to put it mildly, we were able to get to a point where uh, the way STCTA, we have actually been uh, doing our accounting treatment and how we dealt with this is the one that's now accepted by uh, uh, the AG in terms of how we'll be working going forward. So there should be an improvement in terms of uh, our the time we take before we come to Parliament to actually uh, engage on the outcome of the performance. Okay, I've tried to answer all questions, although some I tried to uh, pull together. I don't know whether there's anything I have not touched where my team can come in. Thank you. Now, let's hear the other uh, 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 entity. Yeah, may, may I follow uh, some temperature person of ICMA? The question, Chair, that you asked about the Nyaka Dam and the Mololo Dam, uh, I'll pass that one to, to the department uh, because they, they, they manage the, the dams. Honorable uh, Peter C. But who gave this permission? Is actually the amended chair. <laughs> um, with your permission, chair. <laughs> All right. I, I, yeah, I'll, let's I'll, continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, Honorable Peter, say, ask about uh, the support that we gave to, we give to the historical disadvantaged farmers. We do give a support in terms of water license applications. 
I will ask uh, the CEO to just give numbers to the committee on, on, on that one and other support that we give to the uh, historical disadvantaged farmers. The question asked about uh, asked by Honourable uh, Member Matsege, job creation we do have uh, job creation that we do in some lots of areas. Uh, I will ask the CEO to give numbers on that, as well as climate change, what we're uh, uh, thinking about to do. We also, the CEO will, will, will talk to that. And water boards, how we work uh, with the water boards. Uh, also ask the CEO to talk about that. Honorable Mthala asked about effectiveness of operation of the CMAs. Um, from the discussion and the information that we get from stakeholders, uh, we we believe that the, the CMAs are relevant uh, because we, we talk to the people in our in our water catchment areas and uh, if they get us to know know each other in terms of their pro- problems they have, we were quick to, to sort out those problems. The CEO again will add on that one. Uh, CEO, if you can uh, continue, give the committee uh, information on the question asked. CEO? Yo, are people just have logged in and left, or are they still in the meeting? CEO, are you there? No, we, <laughs> we are, are here, I'm here. I want now to. Why, why are we not answered? Are you not participating? Chairperson? Yes. Uh, through you, perhaps we can attempt um, if we are allowed IUCMA, if it's happy that we proceed with the BGCMA while we wait for the CEO of IUCMA to uh, unmute, perhaps. Let's try to do that. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. And thank you so much, the Honorable Suopesengwe, uh, you know, Honorable Tseke. Uh, for the questions raised uh, relating to the BGCMA. So I will go through some of the questions and try to respond to many of them. And uh, our CFO and the CEO are here to add more comments on that. The, the first question was around the use of Water Research Commission, around uh, whether do we use the Water Research Commission's um, research on the clearing of invasive species. Um, and the answer is yes. Chairperson, so we do work with Water Research Commission. We also work with the National uh, uh, Strategy on Invasive Species Management. Um, you know that is also led and governed by the you know, um, National Biodiversity Act on 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 how to manage invasive species in general. So we certainly are using that um, they they research um, in the application of the invasive species. Management, but but what is very important to highlight here, Chairperson, is that uh, BGCMA itself, although it 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 may influence how the work is done in terms of uh, the specification and so on, we do not actively uh, go out and 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 clear these aliens, but we work with different agencies and um, you know various um, you know small SMMEs in the area, and I think 
this goes uh, to 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 the question that was uh, also raised. I think it was a comment raised by yourself, Jefferson, when you said um, the 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 total budget of sixty seven percent being against the world standard in relation to the human resources. Um, and it is because we are not a uh, um, what you call an operational entity. Uh, we are largely a service um, entity that provides services and expert uh, 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 input. And hence, you know, if one refers back to the uh, strategic focus areas uh, which we've highlighted, all of them, including the water resource management under which the alien invasive species fall, um, that is, uh, it's a specialist input. So we hire specialists rather than, um, you know, providing uh, operational services, which would obviously shift the graph in terms of how this actually looks. Um, and I think it will always look bad, uh, Chairperson, when one looks at the budget versus, uh, or rather I should say, when one looks at the human resources budget versus the operational budget in this case. Um, and the, the, there was also a, a, a comment or question raised around whether have we identified vulnerable wetlands uh, in the area that need rehabilitation. So within the catchment management area, with the catchment management strategy, it is, it is through that process where we identify all work that needs to be done, working with various stakeholders, uh, working with various partners and various entities, uh, WWF and so on, uh, to look at you know, the vulnerable areas and look at what sort of strategies need to be applied in those areas to ensure that the yield, uh, water yield is improved. And um, most of this would include having to uh, uh, um, uh, you know, create and, 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 and work with small um, you know, businesses through the communities where uh, the collection of uh, river, or rather I should say collection of litter through river rehabilitation programs, um, where we're creating uh, uh, swap shops uh, with the communities to clear wetlands, um, but mostly the challenges with wetlands, if it 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 fails, in in, in other words, if the uh, what you say the environmental um, the EIA processes allow for that wetland to be to be built on, I think we have lost uh, the battle there. But if the wetland is still in shape. Um, those wetlands also form part of the catchment management strategy, and they are rehabilitated accordingly. The 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 third question, Chairperson, it was around, uh, you know, if CMAs are important uh, uh, in uh, decentralizing services and reaching out to the communities, why has it taken very long, Chairperson? Through you, this question, I would you know put it back to uh, uh, to the department. But from where I, I, I am and from what I can, you know, respond to is that there's been a back and forth around, you know, how many of these catchment management agencies um, should the department establish? And I think one of the challenges was relation to the very same question you were asking, Chairperson, of saying, how many of these entities do we have to create? It will end up costing the state a lot of money to establish them, considering the fact that we obviously not delivering the services as one would actually expect, um, you, know, you, you know, so you would end up having many boards and so on. But the department has already committed of establishing six 
uh, cash and management areas in the country. And in certain areas, they're going to look at amalgamating areas where it makes sense uh, uh, boundary-wise to, 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 to make these entities uh, you know, uh, cover a bigger area. And this is related to, to, to try and save costs uh, um, in that space. And most of the staff that would end up working in the cash and management agencies uh, would come from the regional offices. So you may see cash and management agencies' budgets going up, you know, once again, but those would be the staff that would be coming from the department. Also, uh, you know, one would say the department's budget would go down while the CMA's budgets go up. And that's the kind of picture that we might be experiencing as we, as we go forward. Um, and, the, and the other question also looking at time is the job creation question. What is the BGCMA doing? And I think the comment was very specific in saying, you know, our presentation was very generic. It's a fair question and, and, and it's a fair comment. And it, it is because our work, it's, it's, it's primarily catalytic in how it works. So when we actually, um, you know, go out and we issue uh, licenses, the license itself, it's able to uh, allow water access, water rights and so on. And the agricultural activities, irrigation and so on, that's where the actual job creation starts to happen, you know, in there. Uh, you know, when we, when we uh, uh, deploy a rainwater harvesting uh, program, that's when people who would have otherwise never had water, now they have access to water, they're able to irrigate and they're able to create, you know, employment in that way. And, 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 and so it is, it, that's how we create jobs in our space to create projects that create jobs. Um, not actively ourselves creating that job, although we do have internship programs where we've realized the gap in the water uh, resource management as well as services as well to ensure that we work with various entities like the, the University of, of the Western Cape, uh, Cape Peninsula University of Technologies, where we've signed memorandum of, of, of understanding to work with them to try and absorb intents uh, from these entities for a period of three years to build skills in the uh, in the sector. So that's another way we're trying to ensure that we're creating jobs there uh, that are sustainable in a way. Um, and the, the, the question of drought, why is it possible for farmers? So this, it's, it's, it's in relation to the water rights. So uh, where farmers have water rights, it may appear as though they have water. And um, I think we should be, uh, I, I, you know, it's a very tricky how to respond to this question here, but rather is that, um, it, 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 I don't know whether I should say one should be grateful that the water was there, but I don't know if that is appropriate. But all farmers who have water, they have water rights through the, uh, the licensing uh, you know, process. And um, we, we, we are happy that during drought, they allowed access to the various uh, municipalities to access and distribute that water accordingly. And there was also a question on whether farmers drill their own boreholes. So yes, they, they, the answer to that would be yes, they do drill their own boreholes following, following the approval. Um, it could either be through a general authorization or a water use license, depending on the amount of water that is to be uh, uh, you know, abstracted. And obviously that would be accompanied by a metering system in line with the conditions of approval, Chairperson. Um, and and I, I think I've touched on the issue of total budget, but there was the other point that related to the rollover of unspent budget of about 3 million. 
Um, we've seen this happen in the past, Chairperson, but the CFO can touch slightly on this where we find ourselves not being able to operate because the, augment, the augmentation budget would have otherwise arrive late from the department. So you find that the rollover budget always allow us to kickstart our services so that we do not delay. But, you know, I, I think this point may need to be elaborated further through our CFO and the CEO. Chairperson, through you, if it's okay, let me allow the uh, CFO and the uh, acting CEO to respond, Chairperson, if that's okay. Thank you very much. After you, Yanni. You can go regarding the role of a budget. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the chairperson has already covered that uh, one of the reasons is due to late receiving of the funds from the department. Even now, we've already on the second month of the new financial year, but we have not received any funding. And also another reason for the rollover is due to committed funds for validation and verification. Uh, we are busy sending out the letters to the water users to confirm the registered volume. So those are the rollover amount. Uh, also the, the alien clearing as well as the rain harvesting tanks. All these projects were delayed due to lockdown restrictions. Yes, we do have enough capacity. Definitely by the end of this financial year, we'll utilize all the money that we've set aside for the project. Uh, another question was about the qualifying small enterprise owned. Uh, this part is included on the triple BE uh, budget. Uh, we are reporting to the department quarterly on that line items. I think going forward on the APP, we need to show it as a separate line items within our APP. Otherwise, we are reporting quarterly to the department about that line item. Uh, I think from my side, the chairperson has covered everything. Over to you, Yanni. Uh, chairperson, uh, of the portfolio committee, I, I think my chair, he answered all the questions very good in line with water resources management. I can just maybe add that uh, for the borrows that one of the honorable members asked regarding the accounting. So all water use, including borrows, are accounted for. You are supposed to get approval and a license, and you will get the invoice to pay for that. So automatically it will be uh, accounted on our system. And then just quickly uh, input regarding the high percentage of our budget that is going to the salaries of employees. I, I, was, I was getting really worried when I, when I heard this part of the question now, that because I was thinking maybe there goes my increase for the next year or two. But uh, in, in, in reality, <laughs> what, what, water, water resources management in the context of the National Water Act and of a CMI is, is actually to provide a professional water resource service. And, and these services are things like processing of a license application. If I can just stick to that one, to process a license application, you need 
very highly specialized people. You need engineers, ecologists, geohydrologists, etc. And they only process, uh, in, in a sense, the, the paperwork, the application on the system. So our comparison must more be, I will think, in line. What is the total uh, salary cost of the National Prosecuting Authority, for example, or even of SARS? As, as we provide just, just the professional service, we provide the human input and a human skill to do water resources management in the area. And just a, a last comment, uh, Chair, on the matter of, of employment creation. My, my Chair said already that in every license, there is a potential of a couple of, of water opportunities. So as soon as we process and the quicker we can do that, to get those out of the system, automatically you will you will you will add to job creation. But then also I want to emphasize the role that the CMI is playing by means of, of capacity building, awareness of our local communities and the forums in preventing water pollution. Because our area is mostly a farming uh, community where the farmers irrigate for export or domestic use. So if the quality of the river water is not of such standard that you can irrigate, then automatically that irrigation practice cannot take place and there will be a, a, a reduction in, in total employment, especially on the farms. So by keeping our water quality and our water resources very good and of a high uh, standard, we actually ensure that the people already working in those sectors can 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 remain working in those sectors and even increase the numbers of people working or participating in that sector. Thank you, Chair. That's that's all I want to add. Thank you very much. Chairperson from the IUCMA, um, with your permission, we may then provide uh, some of the responses. Yes, um, I, I'm just worried it's not half past one. No, Sipo, no, Sipo. Are we going till when? Till two o'clock, Chairperson. Okay, okay. Let's, let's continue, sir. Thank you very much, uh, Chair, and uh, thank you for the questions. Uh, Chair, in terms of the uh, job creation, uh, we can report that uh, in as far as uh, direct job creation is concerned, I think in the last financial year, we've been able to employ around uh, 21 uh, uh, new employees within the organization. And I think uh, that is a number which we can report to, 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 to the committee. And as far as the uh, projects that... Um, to realize uh, indirect uh, jobs uh, for our communities. We've got a number of projects uh, that we're currently implementing, ranging from the uh, uh, installation of uh, water tanks uh, within some communities, as well as the bowls and projects that relate to the alien vegetation uh, clearance uh, program. And uh, we can report to the committee that uh, I think we, the numbers were looking at about uh, 200 uh, jobs that uh, will be created in terms of the alien vegetation clearance uh, program and more than 60 job opportunities that will be created in terms of our CSI 
program. This excludes uh, uh, job creation that would be jobs that would be created in respect of the program on river cleaning. We do expect about 30 people to be employed in that project, uh, and we're quite happy that uh, the implementation of our project will certainly result in uh, some, although short-term, intervention in terms of relief of members of the communities. Uh, Chairperson, the issues that relates to the uh, transformation of the irrigation boards to water use associations, indeed, uh, we are playing a role, a facilitation role as, as an agency. Uh, we have uh, uh, now uh, uh, issued uh, through the department uh, key uh, principles which are non-negotiable, uh, which are contained in the transformation charter. Uh, up to so far, we have uh, been able to appoint an internal task team to implement the project. That is the facilitation. We do have uh, the terms of reference for the establishment of the Inkomati Water Users Association. We do have, uh, which has been recently finalized, the transformation charter for the Water Users Association. Uh, as we stand uh, today, uh, Chairperson, uh, we have, in fact, uh, met with all the irrigation uh, uh, boards with a view to fast track uh, this process. The 26 irrigation boards will be transformed into only two water use associations, um, and the proposed Inkomati, uh, which is amalgamating about 17 irrigation boards into one, and are amalgamating other irrigation boards, uh, which will then bring the total to two. And to be specific to the chairperson's uh, question around the challenge that we are facing in bringing all those together, that we we have a challenge around the participation of uh, emerging uh, water users into under the irrigation district. Their participation is quite minimal. That's the first uh, challenge. Uh, the second challenge would be the participation and involvement of other water users who are traditionally not within the irrigation board's uh, jurisdiction, being uh, the uh, industry and other sectors. But uh, when we met with the irrigation boards, there has been uh, confirmation of support from them around this uh, specific uh, program. It's a program which we are really piloting and want to see it to the uh, conclusion thereof in the current financial year 2022-2023. In Yakadem, um, our participation in the, the work that we do is in relation to the control of the resource in the dam, in terms of uh, the availability of the resource, as well as issues that relates to the quality of the resource in the in Yakadem. Um, and we do have uh, meetings that are convened uh, particularly the River Operations Committee that are convened on a quarterly basis with all the users within that area uh, of the dam uh, where we do uh, deal with issues of restrictions when we foresee that our data is informing us that uh, there will be less water in terms of the usage of the resource within that dam. Uh, the dam is currently um, a dam that belongs to the Department of Water and Sanitation. Our role in the dam is to uh, only look at issues around the quality as well as the, the quantity of, 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 of the resource. We are looking at the development of a, uh, 
a climate change strategy. At the moment, the strategy is in a draft format. And I think in the next quarter, we should be able to finalize the draft strategy in terms of the climate change issues. We continue to ensure that the the sufficient allocation to BE, triple BE entities, and with a commitment that the board has been able to make with the allocation of close to 30 million in the current financial year around the support of uh, uh, enterprises and their capacitation, and not only in uh, supporting them through procurement, but to build capacity within those entities. And the further segregation will be done in terms of ensuring that we support women and the youth in this program uh, to ensure that those entities, they actually uh, uh, prosper. Uh, the the resource uh, poor farmers, uh, we do have a program that is supporting them. Uh, at the present moment, we have only about four beneficiaries and we're expecting the number to actually grow in the current financial year because we are supporting uh, co-ops in terms of uh, training, in terms of ensuring that in terms of water storage in the form of tanks, as well as ensuring that we are partners with the, the communities as well as the uh, resource poor farmers ensuring that uh, the kind of infrastructure that they also require uh, is actually provided uh, to them. Uh, in the current financial year, a lot of focus is going to be in that uh, specific area. And we hope that the number uh, should certainly grow uh, from what we see now being the four. Uh, chair, the a dam that the chairperson has referred to, Mahalo Dam. Uh, it looks like uh, this is a private dam uh, within the Wood Spray area, um, and, which is not uh, currently uh, operated by the department nor ourselves in terms of the uh, resource uh, uh, issues. I think, Chair, those were in the main our the questions that we asked. Uh, uh, the the last two, Chair, in terms of the wetlands. We consider this matter to be of, uh, of, 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 of to be critical. Uh, so what we do is through the water use authorization process and our compliance uh, function and enforcement, we do ensure that uh, when we do consider the application for water use licenses, the protection of wetlands is of utmost priority for us. And, and in instances where there will be an impact on the wetlands, Certainly, the, some of the conditions that we put uh, for approval by the department is on issues around the rehabilitation of the of, of the wetland by by the applicant of the water use license, and we are quite uh, satisfied that the current skill set we have internal within the organisation and working with the department uh, colleagues who are also skilled, we uh, should be able then are uh, looking at these uh, specific specific uh, areas. The last one. The HDIs uh, that were finalized, they were looking at about uh, uh, in the 2021-22 financial year, uh, we had about 28, which uh, uh, for the HDI uh, sector, and we also want to see an increment in that number in the current financial year, largely due to the kind of support that we want to give to the HDI uh, within the application process 
Uh, as it stands now, we do go physically to them, we assist them in terms of the registration in the Wheeler system, we assist them in terms of what kind of documents are necessary for them to submit for the uh, process of the application and taking them through each and every step uh, until the application process is uh, concluded. Of course, we want to see more numbers coming in uh, to empower um, the HDI in, in terms of entitlement of the water rights uh, within our operating area. Thank you, Chairperson, for the opportunity. And that will uh, be our responses to the questions that were asked. Uh, thank you very much. Is there anyone who still wants to say something? Members, hey. are we all satisfied? Yes? Yeah, this is Lusenga. Um, uh, standing in for the DG, we thank you for your guidance today. And these institutions, Chair, have been very much instrumental in assisting us to achieve our goals in terms of uh, water and sanitation goals. And uh, we have, just to confirm also that uh, we have gone through the process of also approving uh, their, uh, considering all their, their inputs uh, before they came here. And also on a quarterly basis, we sit with them to, to look at what, uh, uh, their, uh, look at their performance. I just wanted to add, Chair, in relation to Inyaga Water Treatment Plant, uh, the department, the director general was in Pumalanga last week, and he got briefed about that uh, Inyaka Water Treatment Plant, which was handled by rainwater. And the department is considering a request uh, to allow the pushback reach a local municipality to operate that wastewater treatment plant. So that is the only thing. But most of the questions, I think, Chair, they've been very well answered. Let us thank our colleagues and also yourself and your guidance uh, in ensuring that at least you keep us on our on our toes uh, to ensure that we achieve that sustainable development goal number six. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. I, I want to hear from the members. Are we all satisfied? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Thanks, Peterson. Chairperson, uh, let's let hear Jacob first. Then you will come, Peterson. It's like no, okay. Chair. I think I'm 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 comfortable with the with the answers given by all the entities. I thought when the department uh, responds, Melusenga, I thought you'll also uh, confirm your engagement with um, what is this um, Inkomat Usutu with the with the budget shortfall. Your engagement, uh, whether you'll then assist them. Uh, going forward in terms of their, um, their business model, because I think this is a concern for, for members. I want to hear your yes. voice. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Chair. Makala, let's hear first, Chairperson. Peterson. Chairperson, I just want to say thank you to the presenters of, 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 of the, question, the answers to questions, because there were two things that I wanted to ask, and they, they replied to it before I could ask it. Thank you.
Check, okay. can I just say something? Yes. Chairperson, I, I still feel that the issue of boarding water, yes, um, the chairperson of, of Brady Holder responded, and uh, he said the question was a bit tricky because at the same time, as much as he doesn't know if it was proper for them to do that, to hold water, and but fortunately they were able to provide that is a gray area which needs to be dealt with. But um, we, we, I will, I will still continue to, to 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 raise because we cannot allow a situation where people keep water as if they are owning it privately. Water is supposed to flow, and it's, it does not belong to any farm or any individual. Yes, the positive is that uh, the, the the different municipalities were able to get water, but the principal around that is my problem. So the other point which I wanted to, 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 to emphasize is on the TCTA, yes, about upskilling. I agree that um, they don't have um, the finances, they don't have this and that, but it's important that we skill our people. We, they go to schools, they go to schools, they go to universities to motivate young people to go in that direction because otherwise you're going to have problems in future. Some of will have people are beginning. Sorry. Chairman, chairperson, mute your mic. Okay. Can I continue? Continue. Yes. Chairperson, I, I, I feel that we, we, it's our responsibility and even the, 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 the department to make sure that we skill our young people. Otherwise, we're going to have brain drainage like we have at the moment. We cannot forever say that we don't have people's skills and the skills which we give are just like temporary skills. And then after that, they are going to, to be in the streets unemployed. Let us take conscious decision as, as this uh, um, entity to go recruit, mobilize, talk to education department. We cannot work in silos. We must make sure that the departments talk to each other so that we get the necessary skills for our country. Thank you, Chair. Am I the only one here? Everybody's gone. No, we no, we have we've heard you. Jefferson, Mashuku. Uh, Grace. Like, oh, okay, you're still here. Yeah. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. Honorable yeah. Honorable is finished now. Yeah. Honorable Kony, you finished the we cannot allow our department to respond. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Chair. May I, Chair? Yes, do. Yes, may I submit that uh, the department will work with Incomati uh, uh, Institute Catchment uh, Management Area 
uh, agency regarding its budget uh, in terms of their funding model. And also we've taken note and we'll consider the issues, uh, keep them on the agenda, the issues of that gray area about holding off water and also the issue about the skills. Uh, thank you so much for your guidance. I submit. Okay. Do I take it that we are all answered, uh, 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 honorable members? We thank you. If so, we might have come to the end of the meeting um, where we believe we want some follow-ups. We can make that in writing if we do. But thank you very much. The meeting stands adjourned. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.